0: Say you want someone, I think I got mix personalities. This bitch with up my whole mentality. This girl, she can mix personalities. One day she's happy, then she's mad at me. Say you want someone, I love know you. Say
1: personalities
2: and we are back again it's episode 26 of keeping it to hundo i'm back again you already know and guess who i'm bringing with me tonight on a day off that we were supposed to have but we got too much news to get into you know i'm best from off the top rope give some love to the boy blackheart blackheart what's going on with you tonight
3: Like These right things there. come in threes. These right. things come in threes. But now we got seven all stars injured.
2: We do. But before we can get into any of that though, <laughs> let's let's go ahead. Let's go ahead though. And let's go ahead and thank YWN Millie for the song Mixed Personalities featuring Kanye West to open up the show. And let's not forget, this is no longer a locker room production, it's a Spotify Green Room production. Man, Damn. they got brought the fuck out. I hey I, I I'll tell you what though, you know, we may been, they may have brought, been brought the fuck out, but we went from the yellow and orange of McDonald's and now we turn into the green. All we turning in is to Benjamin's, Jackson's, Washington's, Lincoln's. That's all we know how to speak is the Doray me of the cheddar bread, etc. But anyway, so I'm hyper <laughs> as hell for some reason on this show tonight. Because I, I wasn't expecting to do a show, but Blackheart, ladies and gentlemen, thought keeping it 200. We had to keep it 200 because we both had the itch. Last night I had the itch because, as Blackheart would know, in the group chat of Off the Top Rope, which if you want more details, you can go ask Mr. Blackheart yourself. He is the owner of that account. However, um, last night um, he saw me drink two or three Modellos, and I went crazy in the chat room. So, Blackheart, before <laughs> we get into that, what was your thoughts on the live game um, tweeting that I did?
3: My God, man. I I didn't know who the fuck you <laughs> was with all that shit that was going down. I am just like, whoa, hold up, hold up. Like, just slow it down. And then I think, like, a lot of people was, like, kind of, like, looking at him like, you know, what's going on with him tonight? And I had a lot thing thinking of I was like, he's probably in a hyped-up mood. I don't know what the hell it could have been. Well, I was just like, you know what? We'll have his little moment because Okidi was fired from all cylinders last night, the Four Quarter Assassin, and that just got you riled the fuck up. And I couldn't really hold you back on that to really be honest. So
2: I just let you have you shiny anymore. Well, I do have to apologize though, because when you drink two or three Modellos, you know that shit'll get to you right there too. So, so that please so that's come definitely...
3: talk to me when you bring a fifth of hazy to the face.
2: Oh, oh, don't talk to me till you drink some eighteen hundred tequila, man. Come on. Man. I done, done that
3: before. I done that shit before. Hey, hey, hey
2: when I drink. Hey, when I drink 1800 tequila. I like it on the rocks. I like with. I like my drinks with ice in it. I don't know how people do the shit of just drinking like a beer, just straight up. Like y'all some weird niggas, bro. If y'all drinking some beer with no ice or nothing, man. I'm I'm classic, nigga. I'm just a classy one. You know, I like to drink it with even Hennessy, man. I'll drink it with some ice. But if there's no Hennessy with no ice. I can't drink that. I can't drink that, man. Come on now, y'all know better than that. But anyways, uh, we got. But anyway, so we got a lot to get into on this show. We've, as Blackheart mentioned, we got seven NBA All-Stars injured. The 2021 NBA playoffs is turning into the episode of SpongeBob, and they try to sell chocolate, and literally they go to someone's door, and the dude is all made of glass, but he's really not made of glass. So here's how everything has went. From the last 40-some eight hours that we've had, Kawhi Leonard was listed as just out for Game 5. Actually, yesterday he was listed as okay with the knee injury. Then today he was listed as out for the Game 5. And now we've found out that he has torn his ACL. Um, Blackheart, what did you make of this Kawhi Leonard news and what did you think when, he, when you found out that he's torn his ACL and he's out for the rest of the season now?
3: Yikes! Uh, I'm, like you said earlier, another two pick. Another two pick. It, it's it's just like God damn it, man! Just when you thought the Clippers was about to get out for that hole, um, that hole and that they didn't have to face of um, the Lakers because of LeBron and AD's injury, but then looking at the Nuggets and then the fact that you had Jamal Murray, um. He's out. He's out. Definitely with the season. See the end the injury. And then you just you look at so many injuries, and then like you're kind of praying to yourself, like yo, what's going to happen. So hearing about this, I mean, I was kind of puzzled about it because I'm like, damn, like, what are these people really trying to do when it comes to um? That's my cousin right there, Cesar. Um, uh, been next. Yeah. So, Adam, Adam right to, when to, So when it comes to the whole injuries, like this is the seventh one. I'm like. What the fuck are the team doctors really fucking doing? It's like, why are they really saying, okay, you're well enough to go out there? And then, hence last night with James Harden. You know, for damn well, he should never been out there on that goddamn floor. I know my cousin would say that they used him as a decoy. But you brought him, but you got him traded to Houston because he's going to be in either second or third option when it comes to the scoring, but we didn't get that last night. So I understood that. But I felt like these team owners... And Adam Silver, the NBA itself, are rushing their the stars to come and play hurt, even though you know sometimes if you do play hurt, you always get worse than that injury. All for the TV rain and for the TV deals. That's all that they give a fuck about. Money. The same we have this whole transformation from a white and orange um, app within 24 hours. This thing converted over to Benjamins. Money, money, money. This is a whole other game plan. So this is just manifesting itself, man, and LeBron said it best. He actually predicted it kind of right earlier with the whole injury, the whole injury protocol about it habit I think that's why certain players choose to be opinionated to say that, you know, I don't want to play. And maybe we might have a reason to why Kawhi Leonard's whole the madness about sitting out and you know resting out for certain games that he don't want to play kind of came to the fact.
2: Bringing in Trey, uh, Blackheart's cousin. Trey, what's going on tonight, man? Wait, first off, That's it's Ice
3: over here. He's one fourth of the of the Section Five podcast. Check him out on spot. Check him out on Spotify everywhere that you get your podcast from. He's uh head honcho over there. For the meanwhile, he's the acting boss. So uh, Appreciate the that.
4: Yo. Appreciate that, y'all.
2: Uh, Trey, I-, I wanted to ask you this here. What was your thoughts on? the Kawhi Leonard ACL tear that you found out today, like we all did.
4: Ah, man, wasn't expecting that.
2: Yeah, I I told you, let's go.
4: (laughs) Saw that dunk that he made in the last game. I'm not sure, like, what when the injury happened, but (laughs) it sucks because I think that the the Clippers, there's no way they they should be able to win that series without Kawhi. Um... And going forward, I don't know if he's going to stay a Clipper. Like, is because he gets injured, is he more likely to opt into the last year of his contract? Does he ask, you know, does he ask the Clippers for a four year deal? Um, You know, they should have to give him whatever he wants pretty much injury or no injury, or he can threaten to leave. So. I think it's just interesting to see what's going to happen with Kawhi. Paul George is already um, re-signed to like a four-year deal. So he's he's going to be stuck in L.A. unless he's traded somewhere. So Kawhi has a chance to escape right now. And I'm just wondering if he's going to try to make something happen somewhere else. Or, you know, does he want to – would he prefer to trade Paul George – for someone else
2: to play with, to upgrade the team. I, I will say this here though: the quad thing, to me has it. it I honestly do. Uh, to answer your question, Trey, I, I know that I'm not no NBA general manager, but if A-O-T, I were... follow my cousin in seat and because you follow him too, all right. Yeah, I'm already following him. All right, good. Um, but yeah, but. But to answer that, you know, I honestly think that Kawhi now will probably opt back in onto that player option now because now he'll probably think, well – we were this close to maybe doing it and maybe the Clippers still might make it out of the Utah series. So there's still, I I don't want to be putting the cart before the horse because Utah to me still does not seem like a very serious team. Remember Mike Conley has not played any of this series yet for Utah. Jordan Clarkson has not been shooting the ball. Well, um, last two games in LA and if Paul George comes out and has a 30 point game, and they beat Utah in Utah, then, then we need to start maybe thinking that Clippers can still do something. But I, I, I would still, I'm still 90% sure Kawhi is going to opt back in on that player option. I just got that feeling. I just can't see Kawhi, you know, not opting back in on the player option. As for the Paul George thing, I don't, I don't know if that's a guarantee that he's a Clipper next year. Um, because now these two games are really going to be the true test of what can Paul George do now as the leader, because Paul George is the official leader of this team and now he's going to have to come out and actually play like the best damn player in the world he's going to have to come out and be what Blackheart said, the Indiana Paul George he can't be the Paul he can't be the Paul George that, you know, is the Oklahoma City one, he can't be the one that's 7 of 14. He can't beat 2 of 8 from 3. Paul George has to come out, be the 14 of 20 Kevin. He's going to have to have a Kevin Durant type of game tonight. He honestly is. And, and and if he does, then LA's got enough confidence and motivation and everything to finish it in 6 because I don't see Utah because when Utah plays outside of Utah, they're not a great team right now. You know, you know the Memphis series even showed that because when they were playing Memphis, they 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 had big leads, but nearly tried to blow them. You know, and Memphis did come back and cover you know twelve point losses and such. So, so I'm still so I'm still on that. So I'm not going to say that, but I will say that Paul George. I will say that Kawhi more than likely does stay. How about this year though for betting lines though? And I mentioned this to Blackheart on. The Well, last night, after the Nets-Milwaukee series, they released the point spread and everything. The point spread was just minus two and a half for Utah, and the money line was at minus 136. Now, the game is about to start in a less than about an hour, and Utah is now favored by nine, and a minus 375 on the money line. What does that mean when you had a 136 – you could have at least won at least about $80-some. Now you're only going to win $27 if Utah wins tonight. So that's how much a money line does mean in the favor. However, if you believe the Clippers can be the the upset um, bet of the playoffs, plus $295 money line. So um, that pay you out about $395. So <laughs> there, there's, there's some crazy people out there in this world. I'm not that crazy, but – there dude, someone, someone, just, dude someone just won eleven grand last night
3: off of Bikini's play for playing in the fourth quarter. I,
2: hey, I told you this here though. And and I even sent you a Facebook message. I won forty six dollars last night on the Nets plus
3: 49. Yeah, cuz he won 46 plus thinking that like it was like hundred grand. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I, hey, I, hey, all, all I, I know all I know was half sleep and, and I'm like, night? bro, you're over here missing about forty six dollars. I'm like, wow, okay. But congratulations. I mean, like, I mean, like me, I don't usually like to go through the whole season's gambling, type of like sportsman type of stuff. I'm more like the. No, we it's to hard. The it's tough to win. Yeah, let me go to it's the casino, to the blackjack, you know, it's table, stuff like that. Would be like our gambling style. But sports wise, stuff like that, I can't. I can't do it.
2: I, I will say, though, the $50 that I bet it were to go to the light bill. So had I lost that $50, I would have. Probably been calling my light bill company today and asking for a payment arrangement. So, so at least I didn't have to do that. So I actually took that and doubled the light bill. Actually, so so let's give me credit on that one. <laughs> let's give me credit. Um, but anyways, about, anyways, um, next story up for grabs. It's the Phoenix Suns. Chris Paul is now in the NBA's health and safety protocols for the next
3: oh ten to fourteen
2: God. days. He how the test fuck did that happen? He is I
3: mean, it definitely hadn't been him going up to the um 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 going to the going to the fans in the stadium and shit like that, hugging everybody and saying like you like why would you even, my,
2: you my only even question, do that?
4: My only question is is he vaccinated?
2: Yes. He did get vaccinated back in February.
4: Okay, so he is vaccinated, so it could be a possible exposure thing.
2: And and he and he has not felt no symptoms. And if
3: so okay, he's, eight, so,
2: he's as, so he's
3: asymptomatic
2: exactly and if he passes three coronavirus oh. tests all negative he can actually still participate in the Phoenix Suns game one He yeah, still can yeah. so but he has to have three negative tests and what's gonna and but if but I don't know what the NBA will do on this it's the NBA's call all I know is Bullshit,
3: because they gave the skate go to LeBron so what makes this any different
2: well I will say this here though, I don't care what the damn CDC says, I'm going to still wear my fucking mask if I get vaccinated, I don't <laughs> give a shit, I don't, I don't trust motherfuckers, I just don't trust enough motherfuckers right now. You're yeah, right,
3: so yo, yo, cuz, wasn't we just talking about that shit earlier?
4: Yeah, I mean, you gotta,
3: you gotta say to like how that, how are we gonna know stuff. if you are fully vaccinated or not and shit?
4: Right, we don't, we don't. There's people that don't want to get vaccinated, so if you're in, like, a closed area, you definitely want to put your mask on still.
2: Exactly, and and here's the thing, too, ladies and gentlemen. Even if you do get it, and you get the vaccination and everything, you think, oh, well, I'm okay. I don't need to wear my fucking mask. You still need to fucking wear it because you don't understand what other people might have had or don't know what they might inherit, because, again, it's still, yes, you won't, yes, you don't feel the symptoms and such, however, you can still get it, and you still Mm -hmm. have to then, and then, so, so it's not about, like, oh, well, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. safe, yeah, you're safe, but you can't guarantee the health and safety of many other people, exactly, and, and that, and that's, and that's just a thing right there, you know, but, but for Chris Paul, I honestly don't think he will miss but just one game. I don't see Chris Paul missing that much time anyway. Um, I think the Suns I – th- I, and I honestly do think he's only going to miss the game the once. The only way that I people will work see...
3: in the Suns' favor is if this Utah and Clippers game really go to a game seven and that buys some time. I agree. I agree.
2: Yeah, yeah, protocol time is down. Protocol is in the house tonight, man. Bring his ass on in here.
4: Two weeks to like ten days.
2: And hey bringing in Tavon Jamison. Tavon, what's good with you, man? T, what up?
5: Nothing. Hey guys. Um nothing much. Um I'm doing good and I'm Shit, just, just, just saying say, wow, locker room updated.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, um what you call it. So, um Tavon, did you hear about what happened with the Chris Paul thing today? Um being uh, ten to fourteen days mm-hmm. in the health and safety protocols?
5: Oh yeah, I did. I mean, man, it's. uh sucks man
2: well i will say this here now now we even got more nba news because ladies and gentlemen we had what was in wwe they call it the the black you know wednesday in the nba we call it a coach who just lost his job so uh we had two head coach firings today scott brooks of the washington wizards was let go um scott brooks by the way was a hundred and forty nine and two seventy in five seasons with the Wizards. His best season, by the way, folks, was his first year when they made it to the conference semis. Ever mm-hmm. since then, this was not a team that Scott Brooks could inherit. Russell, Russell Westbrook did make a case for him to stay as the coach, but that was a no go. So, um, anybody's thoughts on Scott Brooks being let go in Washington and? If you're Washington, who's the next coach that you would like to get? Um, we'll start with um, Trey first.
4: So my first thought is that um, I want to know if there's going to be any pushback from you know, Brad Beal or Russell Westbrook. Um, they both have relationships with Scott Brooks.
2: Um, I will say I, – I, I don't mean to cut you off, but the Bradley Beal – he is in his last year coming in next year, so the Wizards could trade him at the trade deadline or trade him in the off season.
4: Right, and the year most year. important thing that's coming up is, like you said, he's got one year left on his deal. So naturally, the team's going to want to talk extensions with him this off season. So when he turns down that extension, which he's going to do, um, that's going to start the discussion of Bradley Beal being traded. And like you said, it's either going to be this off season. We're going to hear about the deadline, but the ultimate deadline is next offseason. Next offseason, he's going to have a player option on his contract, and he can tell the Wizards, hey, I'm opting out, and I'll sign somewhere else in free agency. So it's important um, this next offseason coming up, but also this whole entire year for Bradley Beal's timeline and when he's going to ask out because I, I do believe he will ask to be traded.
2: I will, and I don't want to ask you this here, Trey. Before I let Blackheart and Tavon get their opinions, if you're Washington, do you think that you can make a team, or at least a playoff contender, out of Westbrook and Beal, or do you think it's time to actually take the whole hammer to rebuilding?
4: I think it's time. I mean, it was it was time when it was John Wall. You tried to make the upgrade with Russell Westbrook. Um, And it's all for show. The team's not really getting much better. It's not going to compete for a title. When you look at the landscape of the NBA, um, I do think it's time to see what you can get for Bradley Beal. I mean, he's not, he doesn't have multiple years left on his contract like a Damian Lillard or Paul George, but he should be able to get some picks and some solid young players. So I think we should get the best package you can. Um and then look to trade Russ eventually. And then you you know, all the picks that you get coupled with your own first round picks, which should be a lottery pick, that should help you rebuild this team. They do have, you know, a few young pieces. I like Rui, Rui Hachimura. Um they have uh Chandler Hutchinson, they have what's his name? Daniel Gafford. Yeah,
2: Gefford actually actually
4: had a good play in. You know, they have they have a few young players to go forward with draft picks. That would be that would be the way to go, I think. I think it's inevitable. Beal can't stay there for forever.
2: Blackheart, turning the question over to you. Um, what is your thoughts on Scott Brooks firing and is Westbrook um Beale a team that you can make a playoff contender, or are you thinking it needs to be a rebuild time as well? Uh for the whole Scott Brooks firing, um I can't say I kinda of smelled it coming,
3: but I kinda of had a sense like he wasn't gonna be there for that much longer either, um, based on the play, based on the wins and losses of his tenure there. And like you said, the only one time that he had a great season was when they made the Western Conference Well, I mean, um, East me East semis and then they lost. And every kind of rebuilt back that sense. And you know the whole John Wall, the whole John Wall injury and that trade, that kicked him in play, I kind of derailed a little bit. Even though they got a pretty expensive piece back in Russell Westbrook, um, we all kind of thought that okay, this has to kind of make them better, but it didn't do anything. So you can't really blame the players. I think you got to blame the coach. So that you know, before any before any other trade and before any other the trades were really validated to happen. The head coach was probably going to be gone first off. So when they say mutually part ways, and I'm like, no, one of them just disagreed, and the other party wanted wanted to stay longer, but they was trying to give that contract, and that's when he said, fuck it, I'm out. So you might actually see him pop up somewhere else in the next few weeks, give or take. Now, for the second part of this question, I think it's honestly time to break. I think it's also time to blow him up, too. I say the first starting piece would have to be Russell, because I would think with him, he could go to a contended team to make them better. So why should he stay there first and foremost before Bill? I think Bill's like our uh, Marcus Smart; he's the heart and the soul of the team. So once you take away that, that means their whole identity is gone. I don't think they're going to be dumb enough to do that real quick. I think they're going to try to do it with, with Russell first, see what pieces that they can get back for him, and try to get someone that can at least bill can actually tolerate because no companies really don't give a shit so team ownership don't give a shit they're gonna hire whoever the fuck that does come into play just to try to stay in the course until they figure out the next set of players. so bill's never gonna be the last one to get treated he's never gonna wait till that last option next next offseason and just say yeah you know what fuck it i'm out of here let me just see where the fuck i can go who needs me and by that time period what, in another year and a half? What's going to happen with LeBron James? What's going to happen with Articumbo? Who who else is going to be free uh, free agent by that time? Are they going to click up to go to another team? What's going to happen in Brooklyn? There's so many different questions that we can't know. We don't know right now. And we're probably not going to know for another year and a half. So anything can happen in the NBA. You know what I'm saying? A lot of and we see how this whole they has souped up this team in less than two years. So certain things can be brewing in the mist. You might never fucking know nowadays. Who clicks up with who? And then like my cousin said, Bradley Bill and Jason Hill are not only former former teammates, they're, I mean, yo, know, they're close friends. They grew up with one another. So what makes you think that there's not gonna be a phone call in play to take them to I mean to take them to Bills and yo bro, we might need you up here. Now that we're doing a little remodel ourselves, man, we need you up here. And what if that and what that missing piece can be a Kembo but then again, Kimba might actually be gone by this season anyway, so he's not gonna exist for that one. So it's sad because, you know, seeing that, you know, seeing that trade at first, you know, I kinda I kind of really got an silly chance, but you know. Smoking mirrors. So I gotta Tavon,
2: what's uh Tavon what was your thoughts on this? Um
5: interesting, um Change from Washington. It will be interesting to see where Washington is going to go. They might just blow up and might have to start all over back to the
2: drawing board again. Um, my opinion on this right now is I've 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 kind of made some comments about this here on a former video on keeping it two hundred, which you can check on Spotify. I don't know which episode I did it in, but I did say that that it is time for Washington to start looking into the future, and I think trading Westbrook or Beal, because say Washington is not, because I'm thinking lot, Washington's not getting no lottery pick or nothing, trading Beal or Westbrook for a high pick in this draft might actually be something that could work, because Washington does have the assets to trade two players right now. And to get a first and get a good top five pick, I won't say they get the number one or number two, but a five to ten pick would actually be suitable for this Wizards team. And for the Wizards, you know, they can then invest into someone like a Jalen Green or Jalen Suggs, or if they want to, you know, take the guy from the Brotherhood, Jalen Johnson, or maybe even um, want to start maybe building a center in the future and getting an Evan Mobley that that is what i do think washington will right now however knowing the wizards history because wizards keep players for too long and it's and it's the obvious thing um they kept john wall too long and they gave him too much money they kept gilbert arenas too long and he had too much money so i don't see the wizards making any trades until we get to the middle of the season next year because let's be honest Washington Wizards were not a great team folks this year they were 17 and 6 down the stretch but this team was not a great team they were below 500 they were not a 10 seed for most of the entire season they were always talked about not even making the playoffs they had a 0.6 percent chance of making the postseason in fact the betting line got to a plus 5,000 for them to even make the playoffs at one point so I don't see this Wizards team making trades till the middle of the trade deadline next year, which will be costly because the Wizards will be a team in the regular season that will not play good, and I don't see them being a top team right now that even looks like they can contend to be 5 through 8. I see this as a Wizards team that's 9 to 11 as far as everything goes. Um, However, next head coach that was fired today after one season, he only got one season, and this team has now fired two coaches in the last 11 months. Keep that in mind. Stan Van Gundy is out in New Orleans after a 31-41 and 41 record. This was reported by Shams at The Athletic on Twitter. And also, it was mentioned as well on The Athletic that Stan Van Gundy did not have good relationships with Brandon Ingram. He did not have a good relationship with Lonzo Ball. He did not have good relationships with um, other younger players. And David Griffin, the GM of the man that built the 2016 Cleveland Cavaliers championship team, David Griffin thought that it was a new chance to get a new head coach. I want to ask um, everybody here, Tavon. We're going to start from you, um, and then get to Black Card and Trey. But what is your thoughts on the Pelicans letting go of another head coach? And are the Pelicans thinking that they can go ahead and win now?
5: Oof. it's kind of that's kind of in- insane. I mean, when you have somebody like David Griffin, um, who was a part of. Making that um that twenty sixteen Cavaliers um team, I mean, I mean, it's kind of speechless. Like I'm, like it's crazy. Like, like Stan Van Gundy didn't really have the best relationship with some of the Pelicans players. I mean, it's kind of strange, but. I I suppose with them trying to win win now, I mean they're of course looking for a new head coach. But do I think the Pelicans have it all to win now? I mean they have Zion Williamson, they got Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball. I mean they can make the playoffs. Next next year. I mean prob prob well probably, but like I mean I don't know, it's all
3: insane. Blackheart, what's your thoughts on this? I didn't expect that one to come out either, but you know, look at Stan Van Gulli's history. You know, he had you know, different personalities and so many different teams that sometimes with, I think with his his mindset and the way that he coaches, I think it's just some people like it. You know I mean, you got certain people that like it, and then you got certain people that don't. I, and I just think we got young players like Brandon Ingram, Lars um Zion uh, Zion Williamson, and, you know, there's a mixed crop of – I mean, majority of that team are young players. I, I don't even think that they even got that much – Older players that's older than 30 on that team. I mean, yeah, they're the mean, third.
2: I'm uh, sorry, but they are the third youngest team in the NBA today. The youngest. Yeah, team. see?
3: Yep, yeah, see? So um, now that coming into fruition that you got someone like that. It's like, you can't. Oh, man. It's this type of scenario. It's like a stepdad just marrying your mom, and now he's coming into your home and telling you what the fuck to do. He's like, wait, hold on, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> this is what the fuck I guess the house of Pelicans is going through right now. It, it, it's, a, it's like the old it's like the other head coach before him was doing it's someone that they like, but they wasn't doing a good job, so they fired him. To someone that was someone that they brought in that close to making the playoffs, but they didn't like his style and approach. You know what I'm saying? So, damn, it's like you hoes is something the fuck else. But I'm but I mean yeah, I was I, I was more surprised about this release than the Scott Brooks one. So that's my theory about that. So now we come to the head coach, the head coach better be young. Cause I think that's gonna that's gonna be the only way to get through to these guys. It's gotta be a
2: younger head coach. Uh Trey, what is your thoughts on this?
4: Yeah, I don't think it was necessarily the right fit, like you guys was uh, talking about the report said Brandon Ingram, um Didn't have the best relationship with uh, Coach Van Gundy. Um, Van Gundy coached in Orlando. That was his best stint with the Dwight Howard team with all those guys. You know, J.J. Redick, Hidu Turkaloo, Rashard Lewis, a bunch of shooters. Um, That was like a good system of his centered around Dwight Howard. After that, uh, he goes to the Pistons. He's the coach and the GM. Um, He makes some questionable decisions. Like Josh Smith. Josh Smith signing. Um, And then he gets fired from there. Eventually ends up at the Pelicans. You figure it's a really solid job for him. Um, You know, you got Zion just coming into the league. Dominant player. You got Brandon Ingram. You got Lonzo Ball. But... I don't know. I, I guess things just didn't mesh well. So, I think they need a coach. Um, Stan's a coach that I feel like he's very loud. He's gonna yell. He's gonna tell it like it is. So, they need a coach who's gonna be X's and O's. Brandon Ingram's like a mellow guy. He doesn't need someone yelling at him all the time, especially if it's not gonna help them win. Like, if you're not helping me, I don't need to like, you know, hear you yelling at me all the time because you're not gonna like. Get hey, we want that
3: lesson a long time ago. From-
4: it's like you're not going to get us a W by yelling. So I know, like, when people say Brad Stevens, like, you need another coach, not Brad Stevens. Um, it's like you know that's that could be a possibility, but then the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Sometimes someone's yelling at you, you tune them out as well. So I feel like that could be what happened with Stan and Brandon Ingram. Um, and you want to bring in a coach that these guys are going to respect. I'm not really sure who that is, like. I'd say it's one of the top two best jobs, coaching jobs out there right now. I'd say the Celtics, you know, arguably number one. I sh- I think they would be number one with Tatum and Brown. Um, but then you got the Pelicans with um, Zion and Ingram and Lonzo if they decide to keep Lonzo.
2: I will say this as my thoughts here for this. I've actually met Stan Van Gundy. Believe it or not, I've actually have. And I lived in Minnesota. I did travel a lot, and one of the places I actually traveled to was I traveled to Atlanta for a month, and I actually was able to meet Stan Van Gundy. It was for a basketball reason. Um, and Stan Van Gundy is actually one of the more one of the smartest men you'll actually ever meet. He actually is for some reason great IQ and everything. He I asked him who his favorite player in the NBA was at the time. He told me Luka Doncic. And he told me the reason he loved Luca is because Luca is the easiest guy you can coach because he already has played basketball at a professional level. He knows how to play basketball, and he tells and he and this is how good he is. He's like basically what I would think of as someone with this great of an IQ. He he broke down everything that he loved about Luca and he broke down all the things that Luca has to improve on. And that's what he loved. He, he loves Luka Doncic. He's, he's a big fan of that. And I, and I actually learned a lot in just like a 30-minute conversation with him. Now, when he got hired as the New Orleans Pelicans head coach, I thought for one it was going to at least be two seasons because you couldn't judge this season due to everything. And one thing about Stan Van Gundy is a lot of people thought, okay, well, he's going to come in and make the defense better. That's not Stan Van Gundy's job. Stan Van Gundy is the guy – that does the run and gun. Zion went from a guy that was with Alvin Gentry shooting perimeter jumpers to being more in the paint, which actually helped Zion. Brandon Ingram still had a very good season. Lonzo Ball's offensive efficiency went up. His assists were not at the highest that it should have been, and his defense was, you know, not where it was supposed to be, but that was not the coaching philosophy that Van Gundy wanted. Van Gundy wanted just shooters – shooting threes and unfortunately in new orleans they didn't have the shooters like that because lonzo ball yes he can have a game where he's he'll have five or six threes and then he'll have these games where he's one of nine and then one of ten and then you also have it where you're making guys like brandon ingram and these guys now turn into now perimeter jump shooters and zion's the only one that's really in the paint steven adams i thought actually did pretty decent with what he did with Steven Adams because it's not like Steven Adams is a great defensive player, but he did manage to get good production out of Adams in my opinion. And for for this, you know, and yes, Stan Van Gundy's best years were in Orlando. They even beat the Cleveland Cavaliers in the 2008 season when LeBron was averaging – 38-8-8 38-8-8 eight and eight on, like, what, 50-some percent shooting, some crazy numbers, even a buzzer beater in uh, Game 2, and remember, took that Orlando Magic team, even beat Kobe Bryant and the Lakers, which, by the way, two days ago was the anniversary of Kobe's fourth championship ring rate right, beat Orlando, um, so, you know, he did have success in Orlando, he did, and he made Dwight Howard a two-time defensive player of the year, made Dwight Howard one of the best defensive centers that we've seen in the last decade of the 2010s. And then he goes to Detroit and then we get that bullshit where all these coaches at some point were all GMs for some reason, which made zero sense. And, you know, I I actually will agree with you. The Josh Smith thing was questionable, but at the time though, Josh Smith was coming out of Atlanta. And if you were a NBA fan, you did think, well, Josh Smith did do, you know, good stuff in Atlanta. You know, Atlanta was making the playoffs, and we thought the same thing would happen in Detroit, and it didn't. And then Stan Van Gundy, you know, he lost that touch. Some, me, some coaches have.
4: For me, it and was some... the Josh Smith, Greg Monroe, and uh, Andre Drummond lineup. Like, I you thought that was going to work?
2: I, as a fan, like in the off season Yeah I did think it was going to work I did because I thought okay well maybe the Pistons Actually got a chance to make it the playoffs and, You know at least being a 7 or 8 seed And they didn't And then that's when the Pistons just Went down siding after that And plus it wasn't like the Pistons Had a high expectation too Because the last coach they had before Stan Van Gundy before he came there Was Lawrence Frank, who was the assistant coach To Doc Rivers of the 08 Celtics And that didn't work out so it's so I did think the Pistons actually did were going to win, especially when Van Gundy got another job. You know, and it's Van Gundy. Just Guns- that none of those
4: guys are shooters. Like, yeah, but they all have to be in your starting lineup. So, like, just on the outside looking in after that signing, I'm like, okay. But
2: yeah, but you, yeah, but you also have to look at though too. Josh Smith in Atlanta was a productive All Star. He did have an All Star numbers. He did, you know, and Atlanta was making the playoffs and was taking teams to seven games. It's not like Atlanta was, you know, this team that just wasn't, you know, a bad team. Josh Smith in his heyday with Atlanta, when they made the playoffs, remember they took the Celtics in 08 to seven games, uh, took um, what I believe um, the Miami Heat to six one year. You know, it's it's not like that. You know, Josh Smith was just seen as just this guy. And in fact, they even beat Miami in 2009 to make it out of the. Yeah, uh, man, I wanted
4: I wanted Josh Smith on the Celtics at one point, but. At that point, did I think he was going to be worth like that that deal? No, I, right when he signed it, I thought that's a good deal for
2: him. Well, I will say this here, though, you know, as far as the Pelicans, I, I was very shocked by this. You know, two coaches now, and Zion's now going to be on his third coach in his third season, which I, I do have to think that kind of does. You're kind of now messing with. Potential and you're also messing with you know as far as the players like you know because now now Zion's having to learn a third system now from whoever's going to be the coach because whoever's the coach next, the Pelicans have to get better at defense. They were a bottom five defensive team. They were bottom five the year before with Gentry. They've not been a great defensive team. That's been the New Orleans's problem and the reason they've not been able to make the postseason because New Orleans had 14 games this past season where they lost a game by three points or less. And that's got to be able to fix right there. That's already going to be your big issue, too. Can Pelicans get players that can close it out? Josh Hart has already made it where he's... Kind of made it clear on social media, and reports have said that he is not looking to come back to New Orleans, which is a shame because Josh Hart really is a very, very underrated player to me as far as a rebounder and a guy that can just get you some quick points off the bench. Um, Lonzo Ball, again, has been in so many trade talks that you don't know what the Pelicans would want. David Griffin, in my opinion, I think, would even be happy to let Lonzo Ball go for just a first-rounder. And not look back at it. And, like, and like for New Orleans here, it, the head coaching hires right now for the candidates, it, for, to replace Van Gundy will be Yak Vaughn, um, Brooklyn, um, you know, Mike D'Antoni, of course, he's going to be in this running. Charles Lee, Jason Kidd, who will more than likely say no, and Terry Slots, and, um, and Scott, um, and, um, um, Who's the coach that just got fired in Orlando? I know his name is Scott something. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Anyways, I'm going to Google search it real quick. Huh? Orlando, head coach.
4: And also Kenny Atkinson. Yep. Ke- uh,
2: yeah, Steve Clifford. Sorry. Uh, I was getting ready to say Scott Skiles. I don't know why I was going to say Scott Skiles. But um, Steve Clifford is still available. And if, and if I'm in New Orleans – I would look into a Kenny Atkinson or Terry Slutz because Terry Slutz has had, you know, a lot of success with Portland. Yes, Portland did not make it out of a certain level, but I think Terry Slutz could be the perfect guy in Portland. Or oh, sorry, in the perfect guy in New Orleans. I think he honestly could be. As far as Kenny Atkinson, he could be a good help as well because Kenny Atkinson has shown that you can get guys. And he, had, you know, he, he has had success with a former Laker in D'Angelo Russell. So it's not as if – but this team does need to get a younger coach and more of a player coach that can help them. And I think a Terry Sluts or Kenny Atkinson would be the good answer. I would say Jason Kidd or Mike D'Antoni, but if they go Mike D'Antoni, then they're not improving defensively. And if they, and if Jason Kidd were to come out and take this job, I, I don't know if this team would be better defensively. So, I mean, they but can those, really
4: afford to upgrade their team, the contracts that they have, the – future picks that they have, the young players that they have, like, you know, Kara Lewis, Nikhil Alexander Walker, like, they have plenty of assets to pair those guys and picks with, like, Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe. Like, they can trade for a star that becomes available. Just depends on the leverage that that star has. Like, Bradley Beal's not gonna, you know, let himself be traded to New Orleans.
0: So.
2: And, and and I do have to ask you this here, Trey, because... If you're New Orleans, who are you trying to trade right now, and who are you putting on your trade block? Because because they have so many. This is this is the reason you made good points. You said they have the Kyrie Lewis, they have the Nikhil Alexander Walkers, but they also have an expiring contracts with Lonzo Ball. Stephen Adams is due to make 30 mil next year, and you've got Eric Blitzel making 26 mil. So if you're New Orleans, you know who would you want to throw on this trade block, and and if someone were to and if someone were to offer you just a first rounder for Lonzo, or even a second rounder, what would you even take for Alonzo price?
4: So the thing about Lonzo is he is restricted, so if if a team's gonna offer you a first, that pretty much means that you're willing to let him go and you're you're happy with Kara Lewis and Nikhil Alexander Walker. So if you're if you are happy with that then I I would say that'd be a good move to get something for him. But I think that, you know, paying him close to twenty million or twenty two, whatever the number's gonna be, you pay to keep your asset, um, and then you look to make other moves. So, uh, you know, Steven Adams is gonna be making I think he's making less next year. Should be about like seventeen million. Um, Bledsoe should be making like eighteen million or so next year, or nineteen mil. Um and then those contracts only have two years left, so those aren't that bad of, of deals when when you look at them. Like everyone talked about the Stephen Adams extension, but you know it only added two additional years at like seventeen million a year onto the deal. So those are tradable contracts if you're trying to bring in a big salary. Um, so I would keep Lonzo. I would trade, you know, Bledsoe. Steven Adams and some of the young players and picks. Like if you could get Damian Lillard, if you could get Paul George, like those types of players, you, you can add that to Ingram and Zion. That's something that they should go for for sure.
2: Uh, Blackheart Tavon, what did you guys have to did you guys have anything to add? And if you were the Pelicans GM David Griffin, who are you trying to trade right now and put on your trade block?
5: Hmm, I would put, yeah, I would put Lonzo Ball in the trade block.
3: Ooh. I have to agree to, I have to see what the, what I get for Lonzo to try to keep Ingram and um, Williamson staying, stay put.
2: If I were the Pelicans GM, David Griffin, I'm, I, I definitely am going to trade Lonzo. But I would want to keep Hart and I would also wanna trade Eric Blitzo and try to get maybe a package for Blitzo and Ball. That's what I would try to do if I were David Griffin right now at the moment. You know, and and also they do need to go ahead and start getting guys like Carol Lewis and Nikhil Alexander Walker, those guys those guys need their time now too. So I think I think it's now time to go ahead and start start buying into them you know, as the guards because whenever they were whenever they were playing and Lonzo was hurt, along with Hart, they they actually showed production. And Carol Lewis to me did look more comfortable under Stan Van Gundy than Lonzo Ball did. Despite the fact Lonzo Ball had a better offensive season, it's not like the defensively he was better and, you know, assist wise he's actually assists went down. So um, for other NBA news The Dallas Mavericks, it's been the weirdest story um, since Monday. It's been weird. Dallas, you know, Luka Doncic, you know, there was reports out on The Athletic that said Luka was not looking to resign long-term, was very unhappy with the organization. Mark Cuban came out on Twitter and said total bullshit. Of course, Mark Cuban's going to say that because that's his team and he has to defend that team. And then the Mavericks today fired – the president of basketball operations and their GM of 24 seasons, Donnie Nelson, uh, the man that drafted Luka Doncic. However, we all know in Dallas, you may be having a title, but it's like the WWE. It's still Vince's show, and in Dallas, it's known as the Mark Cuban show. So I did have to ask everybody this I did, I did year What is the thoughts on the yeah, Mark Cuban? Well, 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 it, well, it is true, though. It, like, And everyone knows Dallas. Everyone knows that in Dallas.
3: Okay, fine. Wait, wait, wait. Just because you uh, have- wait, 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 wait. I got one better for you. This was Eric Bischoff running, uh, running WCW back then.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I, I will say that this here, though. For Dallas right now, I, I've been one to ask everybody this here. You know, Trey, we'll start with you and then Blackheart and then Tavon. But when you reading this stuff here about Luca, you know, not happy. Chris Tabsorzing is not happy in his role. The firing of now a president of basketball operations for twenty four seasons. Where's what's Dallas looking like? What's Dallas' off season, and what's the motive?
4: I think that they didn't get everything right. Um, maybe there's some disagreement in in guys to draft you know, like the, maybe the last couple of drafts or something like that. Um, but Donnie Nelson has been the GM for over two decades. He's been there for a long time. So there's no telling this, the type of stories that are going to come out now. Um, you know, maybe Donnie wanted this and the other guys wanted that. And so that's why he's he wants out. Um, but I just think it's interesting To hear Luca. I heard that Luca is going to be having a press conference tomorrow. He's going to be talking about that. So that's just weird for a player whose season's over to be talking about, um, you know, front office situations uh, when they don't have to. They don't have to make themselves available to media right now. So that's going to be interesting to find out what he's going to say. Um, But yeah, if he wants. There's also talk that he wants a new coach and, you know, Carlisle should be fired. Um, they have a lot of respect for, Car- for Carlisle. He won them a championship in 2011, so they know him to be a really good coach. But not every coach is good for every player. And if Luke is a star player and he, and you get the vibe he wants a new coach, then you want to try to make that happen without stabbing um, – feel like you're stabbing – Carlisle in the back, and I know Mark Cuban said that that wouldn't be happening. That uh, he doesn't plan on replacing Carlisle. So, the, if the transition is not smooth to get rid of Carlisle, I don't think Mark Cuban wants to do
2: it. Um, Blackheart, what are your thoughts on this?
3: Uh, after 24 years, I gotta say, man, this is I mean, this was bound to be a divorce. I mean, from what from I mean, from what it sounds like, I mean, I, I mean, understand, yeah, the championship win, drafting Luka Doncic, and um, you know, so many ex ex David Mavericks and, um, that gave be good at basketball well, But either way, it goes. This was, you know, just divorce time. You know what I mean? Like, this certain marriages that are just not going to last that long. You may think it'll be forever in a day, but you know, there's always going to be a time when everything comes to an end. But the whole Luke and having his own press conference tomorrow, I gotta agree with Cuz right here. Like, that's kind of unorthodox for a star player to do to air out, you know what I'm saying, like, or the organization business out to the public. Like, you know, this is what you have sports writers for to go behind the scenes to do their jobs. You're doing their job for free. Let them do that. Don't get don't get involved with something like that. I mean, yeah, you can state your opinion, but you don't have to go public about it. It's like the mafia going public about, hey, we do exist and shit. You can't do stuff like that. I'm sure um, he'll be very
4: particular in how he like addresses that. He'll you know, he'll say maybe he'll praise somebody, maybe he'll praise Donnie Nelson and say, Hey, he's a really good GM. I, yeah, I
3: mean yeah, I mean like he's gonna give some credit, but I think he's still gonna put some things out there why you, like certain things happened the way that it did and what you or uh, his feelings about Przingis and about the whole trade situation with him right now that's been going on. So, there's gonna be a lot of stuff that is gonna be talked about, but that or mean, or asked of him. It just depends on him and how he answers.
2: Uh, Tavon, what is your thoughts on this?
5: At this point, there seems to be some dysfunction in Dallas, and it's at that point where. They, 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 need, they pretty much need another start for, for Luca. That's, that's about it.
2: I will say this here for Dallas. It just seemed like, and literally, literally. I'm about to take something away from the Kanye West opening line of, um, I believe, niggas in Paris. Um, it was all good just a week ago. Niggas could feel themselves. And now you're watching the thorn drop. And now we're literally watching the thorn drop. It literally is because we were just saying <laughs> yeah, last basically. week how Dallas was just saying, okay, we, we were all saying, okay, Dallas, if they just trade Chris Papps for Zingas and just re-sign Hardaway Jr. and get like some dogs, Dallas is going to make it out the second round and Dallas is going to be better. And now, one week later, we're talking about Luka Unhappy. Luca, um, Luca Unhappy, Chris Stapps Unhappy, uh, a firing of a man of 24 seasons who brought not only an NBA championship to Dallas, but has built teams around and has drafted Dirk Nowinski, Steve Nash, um, of course, drafted Luca, made the trades for Chris Depp's and others. And we're now looking at this like, okay, what the hell is going on in Dallas? Because now... You know, it's like everything that happened in the dark is coming into light. And I don't know where the Dallas team is going right now because, because I honestly thought that you know, the offseason was just going to be more about the Chris Stapps for Zingas being traded. Now it's going to be about what is Mark Cuban going to do to make Luca happy because Mark Cuban has said on multiple occasions, if I had to ever pick between my wife – or Luca, I give divorce papers to my wife right now. So, um, so, so now we're so now you know now he's got to make his wife and you know on the NBA court happy because he damn sure is not making anybody else happy right now. Um,
4: when you think about it, Giannis is in the similar was just in a similar situation that Luca's in right now. He can decide he wants to sign the supermax, and what Giannis did was you know. He put the pressure on Milwaukee to make some moves. They tried to go after Bogdanovich. Didn't work out. Uh, They made a trade for Drew Holiday. They ended up getting P.J. Tucker before the deadline. So they had to make moves. So Doncic, by not saying, all right, I'm definitely going to sign that contract, which it kind of seemed to allude to the other day when asked by a reporter, he smiled and said, what do you think? Uh, But now it kind of seems, though, he should use that to his advantage. You know, don't be so, um, you know, he should be hesitant to sign that contract right now, and he should uh, want the organization to go after whomever needs, whomever they need to go after in order to make a championship happen there.
2: I will say this here, though, Johnny Nelson was the guy for 24 years in Dallas. The next Available guy that will be taking over will be former Dallas Mavericks player Michael Finley. Um, so that has been the reports that have came out. That was reported by Bleacher Report about a little over two and a half hours ago. So that's all that's right there. Now we're getting into NBA awards because, guys, I know that you guys were not as happy about everything. So, you know, let's go ahead and break it down. We're going to break down the Rookie of the Year one because I know All-NBA, everybody's going to have an opinion on who they thought should have made All-NBA. So, Rookie of the Year belonged to LaMelo Ball. He beat Anthony Edwards and Tyrese Halliburton. Um, Ball missed 21 games due to a broken wrist. However, you can't deny LaMelo Ball was the highlight station of, on the NBA court. Anthony Edwards off the NBA court – probably had the most confidence for a rookie and the most confidence as well because Anthony Edwards as well on the court had very similar numbers to Ball. I voted for Ball to be a Rookie of the Year over Edwards. However, I was I was so back and forth on this. Um, I wanted to ask you guys, Trey, we'll start with you. Who did you think um, deserved to win Rookie of the Year? Lamella Ball, or did you think it belonged to Ant out in Minnesota?
4: Man, it's all about situation and LaMelo Ball was placed in a better situation than Anthony Edwards um, you know the Hornets were supposed to be like a playoff team they didn't make that happen in the play-in tournament but that's mostly due to injuries as well they looked to be a playoff team earlier in the season um, and a part of that was due to Gordon Hayward another part of that was due to LaMelo Ball I do think if the roles were reversed, Anthony Edwards would have made the same impact. Um, and I do think if both were put in the same situation, we would be saying that Anthony Edwards was the rookie of the year.
2: Blackheart, what did you think? Uh, yeah,
3: I calculus us have a way about this, but you know, I can't I can't really complain about it. I mean awards is <laughs> awards awards is just. javon
5: Uh yeah, sure. Lamelo Ball is um Rookie of the Year. He was the um highlight of this um season. Sure, Charlotte would have been a playoff team had he not been hurt. But yeah, it's. It's best to assume that, yeah, he had an impact on the Hornets.
2: My thoughts on this here, LaMelo Ball was, before he did injure that wrist against the Clippers out in L.A., the Hornets were a 6 seed. When LaMelo got injured, the Hornets fell all the way to a 10 seed. They did make the play-in at 10. They lost to Indiana. My thoughts, though, were LaMelo proved everyone – he basically did everything that LeVar said – lonzo was going to do as a rookie which you know lavar was right except he was just right he was just wrong about the wrong kid because he should have been throwing all his easter eggs into Lamelo. Lamelo having a 15 5 and 6 season um that's 15 points five and a half rebounds, and 6.1 assist if you're not up there yet with the stats people and over and averaging close to two steals a game just as a rookie so There was nothing that you could really say that Lamelo didn't do anything wrong. It's just that Anthony Edwards – you know, I do feel that if Anthony Edwards and Minnesota were winning games, which – fun fact, they weren't winning games, people. They were. They were not doing great. They – and you also have to remember this here too for Minnesota, that they did lose a head coach in the middle of their season and hired Chris Flinch. And yeah, they did get better offensively, but they still were a terrible defensive team, and Anthony Edwards and this company could not win – um, I did think Anthony Edwards, though. He averaged you know,
4: nineteen we, points. Nineteen exa- points, ex- one steal.
2: Ex- ex- exactly, and, and Edwards did everything right too. Edwards did the only thing the only thing I think that voters looked at as because the voters are media writers, people. The NBA players, uh, fans, coaches, we don't have no vote. But Anthony Edwards averaged nineteen points, what, um, close to five rebounds a game? You know, P. R. was a 13.95, that's 12th in the league. You know, it's not like that Anthony Edwards didn't do anything wrong. It's just that his team was just not good. And I don't think that should be a fair punishment to that, though. I think that's a terrible punishment if the writers voted for winning because, oh, well, you know, Ball did not – Ball did miss 21 games, but they were – they made the play in. You know, if they – if writers did do that, I think that's very, very selfish – and it's very demeaning. I think it should have been about if you look at what both guys did on the court as far as what they did highlight wise. That's how I would have that's how I judged it. I didn't judge it by wins, and I did not judge it by the stats. However, the stats would tell you that Anthony Edwards was the better guy. You know, I just looked at it as both how we're both impactful for their teams. Tyrese Halliburton finished third in the voting. Fourth was Sadiq Bay. He had three votes from three writers and that was it. Tyrese Halliburton had zero first team votes, nine second team votes, 3rd team votes. Um, Tyrese Halliburton though, Younger. in Sacramento, he, he's a shooter. That, that man's yeah, got Tyrese something. can shoot. That man's got a bag, man. He's got a bag. But the problem is though, when Luke Walton's your head coach and your team has only made the playoffs four times in the forty-six year history of Sacramento. You're not going to get no love there. So, um, yeah.
4: I
5: wanted the Celtics to draft yeah. him so bad.
2: <laughs> you, you, about, you, fun fact:
5: I knew um, I knew Tyrese off of um, Twitch. Really? Yeah, from Don Two K. Don Two K was um, he's a YouTuber. He was playing with Tyrese. That's how I first saw um, new Tyrese.
3: I'm going to tell you guys right here, right now, you're going to run into a bunch of people that will migrate from Clubhouse in here, and we're going to start seeing these celebrities and shit, and talking like, I remember seeing Mesa on Clubhouse, and I was telling this to my cousin just the other day, one of my, like, best friends, like, he started listening to more of Mesa's little Clubhouse little things, so now it's like the migration of the shoobies, um, that's all for Rocket Power, y'all don't really know, that's how... Guess old I am, and shit like that. So the migration issue, you're usually going to see
2: stuff like that happen now.
5: Mm.
3: Well,
2: I will say this here now. We're getting into the parts of where everyone's going to disagree and have disagreements. And this was the episode five that we're going back to because I had so much hate for this episode. Because I gave out the Keeping It 200 awards. And a lot of people were pissed off about my all-defensive teams and my all-NBA teams and everything like that. I still get hate to this day about that shit. You know, like like I had some like, – I, I don't know if um people don't know him, but Six Rings of Steel. Go check out his YouTube channel. This motherfucker, you know, was saying to me, Zion shouldn't be no all-NBA. I was like saying, if you looked at Zion's stats, you would see that they're an all-NBA of anything. And – He's like, oh, I disagree, you know. So, um, six rings of steel, go fuck yourself, and that's why the Pittsburgh Steelers have a <laughs> shitty quarterback. So, go fuck yourself. <laughs> go worry about your fucking quarterback before you talk about me, bitch. Go worry about your Knicks before you talk about me. Ooh. Bitch. So,
3: anyways, Shout so out to the, my Hills so, podcast. I gotta send the same message to y'all about y'all Knicks game. I mean, uh, about y'all me New Knicks too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, well, and, 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 I, and I'm still getting hate about that, you know. Now, fun fact: now the most watched episode is now episode 17, where all the Mavericks fans came in and we're all pissed and all that, you know. So, you know. Oh, I think, oh, thank you... I, I remember that one. That was funny. it yeah, <laughs> <he, he>, <laughs> was
3: funny though. It
2: was funny everybody, everybody was like saying, "Yeah, trade Porzingis, trade, 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 trade."
3: Like Porzingis, uh, uh, who Porzingis, Porzingis. Luca, gotta get out of here. Exactly, exactly. I, like, man, I M- see, that-
2: didn't see I, had to
3: defend for the season, so I was like, damn, I said nothing's bad for things like him. So shit. Um, I'm about saying, yo, baby bird is
2: Celtic. I'm about baby birds. baby bird. Uh, baby bird anyway. I think I was like, yo, the whole world will go on fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about this year though? For all NBA first team, the 2020, 2021 2020, um all NBA first team was Giannis Adenakumbo, Steph Curry from the Warriors, Luka Doncic from the Dallas Mavericks, Nikhila Jokic and Kawhi Leonard. Mm. Guys, we're going to break down all three teams. So I got to ask, is this the all-NBA first team that you had or no?
4: Who is, who's yeah. on the first team again? Can you name
5: them? It was Giannis, North Steph North Curry, North. Curry, Luka North. Doncic,
2: um, Nikhila Jokic, Joker on Denver, and Kawhi Leonard.
4: That's that's solid.
3: That's solid. Hmm.
2: Yeah, it's solid. I actually did not have this. I had Zion as a first team. Zion was my first team on this, so I'm very disappointed in that. Um Luca, Steph, okay, great.
0: Uh, Giannis, great.
2: Joker great. I wouldn't have put Kawhi Leonard there. I would have put I would have took out Kawhi and put Zion there. Zion, I would have put Zion there. I really would have. I mean, really? Was okay. He was yes, I would have put Zion there. I would have put Zion there. Hell He's yeah, my I'm keeper.
4: He was my keeper in my keeper league for fantasy. And he did pretty good, but not as good as I wanted him to.
2: Well, Zion in the 2021 season averaged 27, seven rebounds, three assists. <laughs> you know, shot 61% from the field. You know, there was nothing I couldn't say. That, it would just been crazy for me not to have that man as a first team. With 27-7 with and seven on 61%, I couldn't do that. I couldn't leave him off that. There's no way I could not I, I, I mean, wouldn't have if, been. If I, he did make been,
4: first team, he should definitely have made second. And I mean, as long as he makes all NBA.
2: Well, as the second team goes, we had – Joel Embiid, LeBron James, mm-hmm. Damian Lillard, Chris Paul, and Julius Randle. Um, was this the list that you guys would have put for second team or no?
3: No, especially
2: you know, especially that Julius Randle bullshit.
3: Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I'm like, we ain't getting no Jason Taylor or nothing? You said
4: Damian Lillard, Julius Randle. What were the other three?
2: It was Randle, Chris Paul, Damian Lillard, LeBron, and Joel Embiid. Yeah, every
3: four, four, four out of five, four out of five, they got right. Just Julius Randle, hell no.
4: Julius, see, my thing is with the voting, and I feel like they they're looking at was the team winning, and the Knicks pulled off the fourth seed, and because of that, Julius had a really good year. He's rewarded with that All NBA slot, like they they're rewarding him with that. If Tatum, let's say Tatum got the fourth seed. I feel like maybe Jason Tatum might have that that spot right now.
3: Just that's went. Maybe, yeah, but Chayvon. I feel like but I, but I feel like these bowlers I, be bowling multiple times shit
2: just like that. Tavon, oh. did you have a thought
5: on this? Yeah, I don't really have much to complain. I mean, it's understandable Le- LeBron is on there. I mean, it was he was only like the Lakers were only what what seed was the Lakers in the play in? Seven. Yeah, they were only the seven seed.
2: Uh my opinion on the second team. Uh Embiid they got right. They got Lillard right. The rest they didn't get right. I, LeBron was not on any of my all NBA teams because he missed too many games in my opinion. So I did Mm -hmm. not put LeBron on any of my all-NBA teams. Um, Who I would have replaced with LeBron with, I would have easily replaced him with Jason Tatum. So we're going to go ahead and put that there. For Chris Paul, I would have put Devin Booker. And for Randall, you know, Randall would have been my third team if I had to put that. But my third team would have been Paul – my second team would have actually been Paul George because Paul George did have a very good – season, so in the regular season, so that's what my second team would have been, but they hadn't beaten Lillard, right, I just didn't agree with the rest of this bullshit.
4: There's too much, I feel like there's too much opinion that goes into this voting process. It's not enough about, like, like, there's no concrete way of deciding, and that's the problem. It's not, like, it's not totally stats-based. You know, there's also opinion, there's also, you know, where someone finished, where a team finished, where, and how the player impacted them finishing at whatever seed. And I feel like sometimes one can sway things more too
2: much. Well you know, in my opinion though, Trey though, and this is and this is my opinion here, because people are allowed to disagree if they want. But we don't need fucking writers judging this. This needs to be a players vote by players or by coaches. Because right. the best players are playing the best players every damn night. And the coaches are coaching against the players that they that get on their nerves the most. Right. I'm tired of seeing a fucking writer like Michael Wilbon saying to me, Well, Chris Paul's the MVP despite the fact Devin Booker's averaging twenty six four and four in a regular season on close to fifty percent shooting. That's so insulting to anyone. And I'm tired of seeing these fucking writers thinking that they have a vote, and thinking their vote matters. Your vote does not matter if you're a writer to me. Because to me, you're full of shit already, because you don't watch these games. I can guarantee you, these fucking writers don't fucking watch the Minnesota Timberwolves play. Because Carl anthony Towns was averaging better fucking stats than Julius Randle. Carl anthony Towns was literally playing very good basketball, and if we're going to start rewarding people for missing – Twenty some games like LeBron did. Then w- where is this going to start going now? Now you play half the season now, and remember, just a couple of years ago we had this issue about well, Kawhi Leonard doesn't play back to back games, so why should Kawhi get any awards or anything? But then Kawhi is making these All NBA teams and shit. You know you can't be you can't be playing devil's advocate every fucking award that you want. That's an insult to me. As a fan, and two, I don't know who gave these fucking writers a fucking vote because here's the thing, and, and to the writer and and to and to the beautiful women that are writers, like the Joy Taylors, the Rachel Nichols, you women are beautiful as fuck, but you women don't know fucking basketball, in my opinion. You women don't. I'm sorry, but you beautiful <laughs> women, you just you just you just to, to me to me to me to me y'all, y'all a little too dumb as fuck on on some of these shit because Kwame Brown, you know, even said Rachel Nichols is a beautiful woman. But even Kwame Brown said, you a bitch for hanging out with that bitch Matt Barnes with the Becky with the good hair. So so let's not start this bullshit. I don't want to hear that shit. Rain the smoke. Because this show is called Keeping It 200. And and that's the number one thing that has made me want to do a podcast show about the awards. Because I knew I was going to have some – and even Maria Taylor last year who covers the ESPN countdown on ESPN literally said – you know, I didn't even think about Anthony Davis last year when I was making my vote for defensive player of the year. I'm like, you six five, wearing five inch heels, but you can't fucking tell me that you didn't think of Anthony Davis. You just said, Man, you know what? That Giannis, man, I'm gonna vote for him. That Rudy Gobert, I'm gonna vote for him. Oh, I don't have no more sense. Oh, I'm done then. This is the easiest shit I've ever did. y'all, y'all some blue, y'all some motherfuckers. Y'all really are. Beautiful women. But y'all women don't know what the fuck y'all talking about sometimes. <laughs> I'm, I, I, know, I know I'm gonna get some fucking hate shit. I know I'm gonna get some fucking hate shit from some motherfuckers. Oh, because, because some motherfuckers are gonna be like, oh, this motherfucker's sexist and shit. First off, I ain't sexist, because if I was sexist, your mother wouldn't be making me a fucking sandwich every time I fucked the shit out of her. So, all so the motherfuckers <laughs> that think I'm a sexist motherfucker, go fuck yourself. And then, don't tell your mama to stop being a fucking quarter hoe. Because here's the thing, you know why they call your mother a quarter hoe? Because... Every wow. time she was charging a nigga twenty five cents to pull a nigga dick out after school, she could have been the first man there. But guess what? But guess what? She didn't know where the Million Man March was, so she just gave head on the corner to every bum. So that's how fucking bums make a quarter. So fuck you, sexist motherfuckers.
0: Damn. I got a
2: bitch. I got a bitch that I know I will have for the rest of my life. The rest of y'all motherfuckers that be jerking off and shit and playing with your fucking lotion don't know what pussy smell like. Go listen to some Boo Bucks clan and then go get a bitch before you come talking to up. me about some bullshit. But that's all I'm going to say for right now. Someone take it over because I need to get a drink of water. I need to get me a drink of water. I'm this
3: right My man came here like a Damn. rock. You pull a Jim Cornette out your ass, boy. I respect it. <laughs> <laughs> In breaking news, okay, fine. As you in breaking news, though let's talk about the Hawks real quick. As you yes, kind of Sir uh, as you already kind of been left that already up there. Yeah, let's talk about Hawks and Six. Smoking let's that Sixers pack. Because the Hawks stunned the Philadelphia 76ers in game five. <laughs> yes, you heard me, ladies and gentlemen. Now the Hawks is up three to two. Jason mm-hmm. T. I mean, I Trey sure. scored 25 of the games, a game high 39 points in the second half as the Hawks he raised a 26 mm-hmm. deficit in the 109 to 106 win for the three to two series lead. Can you guys ridiculous? Cause what you say about this man, Ice Train just put the Philadelphia 76ers on ice himself. So I
4: feel the I same saying, way, the same way about, about this game. This game. I feel the same way about this game as I do yesterday's game with Brooklyn. You know, KD scored 48 points. That's real phenomenal. Everything's good. But they should—they still should have lost that game. They, they were down 16 points. And there's no way Milwaukee should have gave up that game. And it's a similar game to this. Um, you know, the, the Sixers were up more than 16 points. And the reason why they lost this game is because Joel Embiid and Seth Curry, they were the only sixes to make a bucket in the second half, uh, and that that is actually a stat I'm not getting around. They were the only two to make a bucket in the second half. In
3: the uh, in the course, the Hacker Simmons system came into play too late in the fourth quarter for them as well, sending Ben Simmons to the free throw line, and we all know how the fuck that is.
4: So that that is the reason why. So it's like. If the Bucks and if the Sixers aren't going to be able to score
3: when the time matters, and, and then you, you got know. John Collins coming out making defensive plays out his ass, you know what I'm saying? So when you get that dynamic in there, now you have someone that played defensively and there. You got Trey and then then you had Trey Young going out doing what he does best, leading a team down the fucking stretch, win the game as he matters, and he takes it upon himself to score. And he, he knows, you know, he's showing he that he's, he's one good. of the new star players that you're going to be seeing down the line for the next ten to fifteen fucking years. Believe that.
4: If he's not scoring, he's, sparring, he's making the right.
3: Face, that's going to right. be running the league: him, Tatum, Luca Doncic, Devin Mitchell, and um, and uh, who's the other one? And John Morant too are some of the core baby faces as you're going to see in the next ten to fifteen years. That's going to be running the NBA.
2: I will say this here you now. I'm I'm back. I'm calm now. I'd like to apologize to everybody.
3: Are you sure? From I, I, I'm are you I'm sure? Back. Because I was gonna say as long as you didn't go podcast. out there. Listen, listen wait, 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 wait. Listen. As long as you didn't go out there, Mina Cunés or Sarah Spain, I was straight with that. I wasn't. Everyone else is a free. You see know, me? It's a free for all.
2: You go on ahead with that. Well, uh, I, I, I'm gonna apologize to Rachel Nichols and Maria Taylor and Joy Taylor. Y'all are beautiful women, but. That's it, y'all. Are beautiful women. I'm, I'm gonna keep it right there. You know, you know, uh, Joy, Taylor, Joy Taylor. You are screwed by Earl J. Watson, but this thing here. I mean, you date a oh, lot of yes, before, little yes, man. Yes. That's what you get. But anyways, I'm gonna get back to this here. The Hawks did win 109 106. The Hawks in the fourth quarter went on a 40 to 19 tear. The Sixers were up by 26. Embarrassing. And now, and, and, Embarrassing, and gotta, man. And now we gotta talk about this here, though. Mike Budenhoser and Doc Rivers, what's going on with the coaching? Listen, no, man. not
4: Doc too, man. No, no,
2: this, man. no, 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 no. no.
3: Doc just got there. Ben, has to, still, go. you know, ben, ben has to he, go. Ben Simmons has to go. He's been there. Nah, he's not. He can't be on the top of so damn quick. The
4: scapegoat is Ben Simmons. These last few you years with Philly, be the, excuse has been, the excuse has been Brett Brown. Brett Brown has been the scapegoat for the last couple years. He's been the excuse. They they got rid of him. And now that turned into, can Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons play together? So we're still trying to figure that out. And I think we've got the answer. It's not working. Um, one of them needs to get traded. And the one that needs to get traded is Ben Simmons.
3: I've been saying that. I've been saying that. See, I told you that. I, I told you that on the other episode. Um three or four episodes ago I said no they're gonna trade they're gonna trade Ben Simmons first before they even think about getting rid of MB the centipedes. That's stupid. That's like you telling me, okay, you're gonna let Roman Reigns become a free agent and he he's gonna go off to AEW.
4: Like I love Ben Simmons defense, but he he just can't provide enough offense. Like he's not a two player right. he's, he's a defensive player. So it's like he's not giving them enough. He's just it
3: just sucks, man. It sucks. And plus, they obviously the whole plus, for the people that already know the Hacker a uh, uh, hacker Simmons system, and you already know what time is when it comes to that, it's like you already know how to shut down one person automatically without even using a fucking cheat code, okay? So, in this case, it's too damn predictable to even keep Simmons in a similar predicament in a similar position, and you already know what to do with it. It's like... I, I, it's like Philadelphia is not. It's like Philadelphia is not developing more of his skill and just letting him just be who the hell that he is. I feel like he needs to do more to elevate himself more to be able to do more.
2: I will say this here though. You know, when I looked at this box score here, you know, and Ben Simmons two of four, eight points, four fourteen from the free throw line, nine assists, four rebounds, a block, a steal, you know. You know. I look at the defense, and the defense is there for Ben. That's it. That's good. But offensively, Ben's, Ben's, Ben's a Ben's a, uh is not a guy that that needs to be out there in the offense because Doc Rivers and 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 Blackheart, you're saying he just got there. He just got there. Yeah, but is the thing though. You're the motherfucking head coach. You should fucking so, know Seth Curry in the second half. So by what the way, is going to be this excuse because he's black?
3: I am actually getting, uh, actually getting
2: ready to get
3: to the point platform. Platform. Don't pull the black card Yeah, yeah. don't pull the race <laughs> card on me No, 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 no Your, no, race, no, card, you your race card sexy. will work then, good you dis- you as good as a discover discovered card in, in the last topic No, Tommy, because your, your, you want to put the whole sexist card the last topic, right? So what in this case So you mean telling you, any other white coaches in this similar predicament who, whose team, who just had a fucking meltdown by the fuck away Yes, folks, a meltdown And then what did they actually lose to serious? You mean something that that Uh, white is going to be untouchable and stay put? Did Simmons get
2: traded? Or does my actually get the people? Rebecca, you're you're not even... I'm not even finished the point yet. I was actually going to say that Ben Simmons doesn't need to be playing in these fourth quarter moments because Seth Curry before you threw out your race card like it was the Discover card Seth Curry was nine of...
3: I was going down like a fucking trap You activated my
2: trap. Well, 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 Your card got negated. I put I put a block on that. So, anyways, um, and I had to do attack. What are you talking about? And and and, and Seth Curry though nine of twelve, four six from three, twenty five points in the second half. Joel Embiid was three of nine, thirteen points. It was way better than the second half that he had last game. But Simmons is the issue, and this is the thing I was going to say before I was interrupted. Doc Rivers. Does not need to play Ben Simmons down the clutch. It's Seth Curry that needs to be getting this playing. It needs to be Shake Milton because Shake Milton only had four minutes in the second half. Matisse Steibel had ten minutes in the second half off the bench. George Hill came off the bench. He only had four minutes as well. Tyrese Maxey only one minute. And Doc Rib- And this and this is where I have to say here, if you're Philadelphia, you know. Seth Curry came through in the second half he did but also Doc Rivers as a head coach has to make a better defensive rotations and such here's the issue Trey Young is not being guarded by Simmons because Trey Young 7 of 15 25 points in the second half alone and then you also have this here where um you had uh who else Lou Williams seven of ten fifteen off the bench in sixteen minutes off the in sixteen minutes just off the bench in the second half, and that's the issue right there is and that's been the issue you're sending trey young to the free throw line way too much trey young nine of nine he went to the free throw line in the second half and and now and and now you look at this here trey young um on the game by the way folks ten of twenty three 39 points, 17 of 19 from the free throw line. You know, the problem has been that Philadelphia is not stopping Trey Young because they're because they not putting Ben Simmons on him. There, at first it was Danny Green that they put on Trey Young, and that failed miserably. And now you're putting other people that's not Ben Simmons on Trey Young, and it's failing Miserably, and you're taking and you're letting Trey Young get to the free-throw line. You're letting John Collins get 7-12 on 19. You're letting Lou Williams now come off the bench and get just 15 all in that second half. And now for Philadelphia, Joe Odombeid is having these – Joe Odombeid is having a great series, by the way, folks. I mean 12 of 20, 37 points. Seth Curry was 13 of 19 on 7 of 12 from 3 with 36 points in this game. But Tobias Harris on 2 of 11, 4 points. That's not going to get you nowhere. Uh, Theibel, six off the bench. All of that was just in that um, first half. Shake Milton had two points in the second half. He had five overall. I look at Philadelphia, and they're not – and Shake Milton, who was the guy in game two that, that Doc Rivers needed him for, he didn't play Shake Milton like that. Instead, you know, they were trying to rely on Ben Simmons and such. And Tyrese Maxey, a guy, in my opinion, that does need to get more playing time because Maxey can actually be the score that they need and can be a guy that if you send to the free-throw line, Maxey's going to make his free throws. Um, any other guys had any th- other thoughts on this game? Uh, Tavon, I know you haven't said anything in a long time. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, hey, man.
5: Um... Didn't see the game but now I saw the scores. Like wow the Hawks um, took down Philly on their home town, so it isn't really good for Philly, so it looks like Philly's gonna have to win at Atlanta if they wanna win the series.
2: Uh Trey what is your thoughts on um all that, all that's happened in this um, box score and everything that you heard.
4: Yeah, I think it's kind of, kind of embarrassing what happened in the second half. To only get buckets from two guys. Like I think that's crazy. So I don't know. I think to have faith in Philly would be kind of crazy. I think, I think we should go with the Hawks in the rest of the series and then we're going to go into the sixes off offseason immediately and start talking about making the team better and
2: trading a black card
3: this is the Nigerian dude getting inside the little golden um, um, uh, the little golden rose wars car <laughs> I watched as you Philadelphia is that was a meltdown. Come on now. Are you serious? <laughs> so I had to let that one out first and foremost. Ice Trade puts you guys on ice and it it's so chill, it just got it just got cold. It just got cold in Philadelphia. You know what I mean? But uh, I've been saying blame. that
4: they're fraud, so Listen, man. you got
3: you got totally you gotta blame Philadelphia for that letdown. Total complete letdown. Twenty six deficit. Game five of the play. Game five of the playoffs. You guys are at home. You guys are at home. And then you really had a twenty. You twenty six point lead. By, you know, by the first moment I looked up, then I said, you know, after it seemed like after point, it just see my like, they just They took their foot off the gas, and then you start seeing the lead start chiseling down. Then yeah, you see, like, you see Drake. Then yeah, you see um. Okay.
0: um um, um, and, then, and then you see calls, you see
3: training, and you see so and then you see so much, so much mistakes that happen, and then you see the weird, crazy. I love that there and it's like, "What's going on with us?" So this was, this was more of Seven Sisters' games that lose more than
2: the Hawks, know desperate need to win. I, I will give credit to Nate McMillan here, and Nate McMillan did something awesome in this. In this box score that I've seen right here. Points in the paint was 26-10 to 10 in Philadelphia in the first half. Philadelphia in the second half only had four points in the paint. They kept Joel Embiid out of the paint. They really did. They give credit to Nate McMillan. Nate McMillan is a very, very underrated defensive coach. He honestly is because whenever you're able to and, – and last game, Joel Embiid was 0-12. O of 12 in the second half. Now, remember in this first half tonight, folks, he did have a great first half. He started off the game, I believe, what, like 8-of-8 eight eight or like 8-of-9? And this second half, Nate McMillan is finding all the tools just to win these games. Like, defensively, like, I like I know that we're talking so much about Philadelphia, but we're not giving credit to Nate McMillan as a defensive coach. Like, Nate McMillan yeah. really has a defensive anchor and knows what to do he's making the right adjustments and everything and that's actually a very very big improvement for Atlanta. and i'm very proud of nick mcmillan because the more we're seeing Atlanta hawks play in this playoffs the more we're like why didn't nick mcmillan win coach of the year so um but anyways though um any other final thoughts on this game tonight guys
3: it's just hysterical. I'm sorry, I watch that all of Philadelphia fans right about now. So uh, the way that I gotta treat the next, I gotta treat you guys that way too. So if you guys don't win the next game in Game Six in their you know, in their backyard, it's gonna be a hell of a summer for the NBA. That's all I gotta say about that.
2: Um, how about this here, though? Now we're getting into the All NBA Third Team. We're going back to where we were at before. Everything went off the railroad tracks. (laughs) Yeah.
0: All
3: NBA 13. Oh, yeah. All NBA NBA 13. You started the whole thing off, and I just let it on.
2: all, All NBA 13 was Bradley Beal, Jimmy Butler, Paul George, Rudy Gobert, and Kyrie Irving. Anybody have a problem with this 13?
3: Kyrie, get the fuck out of here. Next.
2: Oh. Ooh.
4: <clears throat> Jimmy Butler, Kyrie, who else? Because those both
3: of those. It names was Chips
2: Gobert were and Bradley Beal and Paul George. Yeah, we'll we'll take off. Yeah, play out George Kyrie
3: that bum. No, excuse me, I can't call him a bum, but yeah, man. I had to take that <gasps> um, one back. <laughs> I had to take that one back. I know so I'm dude, going by how fast. many
4: games they played. <laughs> to be honest, I'm like I know <sighs> some good.
2: Well, 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 who would you would have put, Trey, in your all NBA
4: thirteen? Well, where's Tatum at, man? Did Tatum not make it over Jimmy Butler? Thank you. No, no, Ta-
2: no Tatum That's not That's like, what I'm saying. what the fuck happened
4: to Tatum? That's one guy. And I'm sure we can all come up with another guy who deserved to make it over. Oh. Um, what's what's mean? Is that, like that?
2: So this list? Well, well, I can actually tell you guys who actually were close to making it but did not. Jason Tatum had 69 points. He had five points. Um, he only had two votes um, just for the first team. He had nine wow. for second team. He had 32 for third team. He had 32 for third team, and that 32 was more than Jimmy but- was more than Jimmy Butler's, but Jimmy Butler wow. had more second team votes, though. Wow. Um, Zion Williamson had 28 uh, third team votes. He had zero first team and only three second team. Kevin Durant had six third-team votes, th- four second-team, one first-team. Russell Westbrook had um, thir- three, uh, 21 votes for third-team, uh, six for second-team, first for first. Um, James Harden had two first, three seconds, 22 thirds. Um, Donovan Mitchell had zero first-team votes. He only had two for the second-team, and he had 20 for the Third team, Devin Booker didn't have. A, Devin Disrespect. Booker only had three for the second team, twelve for third team. Ben Simmons only had two for third team. He had none for first or second. Trey Young's the same, and Zach Levine had one third team vote. For centers, Bam Adebayo had five second team, th- seventeen on third. Clint Capella had six for third, no for um, zero for first and second. Demon Sabonis actually had one for second team, three for third team. Anthony Davis, won for second, two for third team. Nikila um, Vucevic in Chicago, two for third team. And Draymond Green had one third team vote, no firsts or seconds.
4: Yeah, I'd say Zion out of that whole list. Or, I mean, I don't like the fact that Donovan Mitchell didn't really get any votes. Or, like, like they're disrespecting the guards or Trae Young. But, since Travis. Team players. So, mm-hmm. I, so I will.
2: Say, I will say this here, though. You know, when I look at these votes, you know, it it just tells a lot. It really does. You know. You know. I'm not gonna get back into a rant again, but but it just shows that disrespect, though. Like for example, Donovan Mitchell had no votes for first team. He only had three for the second. Zach Levine and Trey Young didn't even get a vote for first or second team. Um, you know, Chris Middleton even got one vote for the third team, you know, and then I look at this third team, Bradley Beal, Kyrie, yeah, they they deserve to be there. Jimmy Butler, to me, I felt missed too many games. I did, you know, I, that's no disrespect to Jimmy Butler. I, Jimmy Butler was still in my, um, all defensive team. He just was not in my all NBA teams because as far as defensive goes, I, I'll let that slide. But when it comes to the, all NBA stuff. I think it should be for the most games with the with the best stats. Gobert did not make my list on any of this stuff. So, um, but Kyrie Beal, I had for you know, I would have definitely put Kevin Durant there. You know, I, I know that I know that you're going to say, well, Durant missed a lot of games too. Granted, but when you put LeBron in that list, he only missed five more games. Well, yeah, but he missed only five more games than LeBron. If we're gonna, if we're gonna just, and he was on this candidacy. Like, there's only 15 spots. Like, just because you're
4: like two of the best players in the league doesn't mean you gonna have the game to game make that spot. Sometimes all certain game. like, if any time for them to miss out, this would have been the time. Like, we shouldn't throw pity at them just because. You know, if someone else deserved to make it, then they should deserve to make it. I don't. Yeah, think
2: yeah, it's but a, Kyrie did deserve to it. make it though. He had a fifty forty ninety season.
4: So. Oh god, here we go. He did. I guess. I guess. He
0: did. I, mean,
4: I he guess did. if
2: we're gonna go by that, but this dude didn't play enough games, man. He had a fifty forty ninety season and he actually played more games than he did the year before. Uh, you know, and I, I mean I mean, there's so much wrong with his voting. I mean, we could really have a debate on this, but but it was Kyrie Beal for third team for me. You know, Paul George, I don't mind. Gobert and Mitchell uh, – Gobert and Butler would have been the only guys ever replaced. So I would have put Donovan Mitchell in that place, and I would have put Kevin Durant if – you know, at, at just looking off these voters, just looking off the voters that did not put – you know, because I already said Zion should have made all NBA teams. So I can't say Zion twice, but that, that that was just my opinions on that, you know. Um Let's go to the all-NBA defensive teams because, you know, we're probably going to have a debate about this here too. So we might as well just go ahead and get our first and second teams out on this. The first team for all-NBA defensive team was Giannis, Rudy Gobert, Draymond Green, Drew Holiday, and Ben Simmons. Does anybody got a problem with these five right here or would you have guys changed anything?
4: I think they all deserve it.
2: Okay. Okay.
5: It's you see
2: that? It's um Giannis, Rudy Gobert, Draymond Green, Drew Holiday, and Ben Simmons.
3: Um, I kind of agree with four out of five. I don't know about the whole Ben Simmons part. All right, man.
4: All right, nah. We're not gonna disrespect Ben Simmons that much.
0: There's
4: one thing they can do. Is he can play defense. Like. He can play. He can play defense. He deserved to make.
3: But first, the, but
4: first, all defense though. Well, I guess when he reads the second team, you can tell me who deserved to make it. All right. So all right. So I wait for the second.
2: Um. All right. Hold on. I- I'm gonna tell everybody my All NBA defensive team, and you know, on my first team that I had, you know, I know people are gonna disagree, but. I'm going to go ahead and repeat it here on the Keeping It 200 show because you guys are not around on episode five. None of you guys were, so, so that's not fair. You know. My first team had Ben Simmons, it had Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid, Miles Turner, and it had TJ McConnell, and I'll explain it. Ben Simmons was the best point guard defensively this year. TJ McConnell was second in steel percentages this year with the Indiana Pacers. And he's a former Sixer. Jimmy Butler, I gave it to him because, you know, when he was playing with Miami, that team was way better defensively. They were better defensively. Um, and offensively, too, as well. Joel Embiid, I gave it to him. And I gave it to Miles Turner because Miles Turner did lead the NBA in blocks, and he had over four blocks a game. So so anybody, so anybody has a thoughts on, on on my first team, uh, defensive teams?
4: Yeah. Not not feeling the T.J. McConnell. Um, okay. Appreciate that you show him love, but oh, definitely,
2: definitely. Uh,
4: that's just uh, nah. Like TJ, he's a, he's he's a dog out there, but I don't I don't think so. Um, and then who? Let me see. I think there was one other guy I had a problem with that. You said Turner, Turner, eh, Turner. No, Turner, Turner was like the leader in blocks or something like that. Yeah, he was up there. So I mean, I. I guess with Miles Turner. Okay.
2: Okay. <laughs> um. All right. So, second team. This was the All NBA second team, voted yeah. by writers. The second team featured um, Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, uh, Joel Embiid, Kawhi Leonard, and Matisse Staple. Wow, you put been serious before Embiid.
3: I, 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 well, you so, you want to criticize me about that Ben Simmons now? Let's just switch M B with Simmons. Then okay. at least they're on the
2: same fucking okay. team. Okay, okay, okay. Um, but um, anybody had thoughts on their sec on this all defensive second team because the all defensive second team looks better than the all defensive first team to me. Um, and, and besides,
3: besides M B being second, I just traded him up to first, and all four it was fine.
2: Uh, Trey, uh, Tavon, you guys cool with this list? Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right, so here's my all-NBA defensive second team that I had. I had Fred VanVleet of Toronto, DeJounte Murray out of San Antonio, Draymond Green, Golden State, Anthony Davis, and I had Clint Capella. Hey. Who did you say from – Draymond. Okay.
4: Yeah. I mean, it's not. not uh, bad. I like Dejounte
2: Murray. He, uh, and, um, and, yeah, and I and I I just couldn't have went without Dejounte J- Murray. I I just couldn't because San Antonio. You know, I know they didn't have a great season, but he really did have a great defensive season, and it just wasn't talked about because San Antonio is just not a team that no one watches. Um. How about this here, though? For votes here, that guys that um, were close to making it, um, Mik- Mikhail Bridges out in Phoenix had 31 second-team votes, four first-team votes. That's 39 points that he got. Marcus Smart out of Boston only had one first-team vote, 20 for second. Uh, Lou Doerr in Oklahoma City, one first-team vote for defense, 15 for second. Chris Paul, two for first, 10 for um, second. Paul George had one defensive vote for the first team, nine for the second. Um, Alex Caruso, five for second team, zero for the first team. DeJounte Murray, like I mentioned, had one first team vote. Three were second team. Um, KCP, for some reason, I don't know why the hell Katavius Caldwell Pup is on this list, but apparently he had a first team vote. TJ McConnell, like I mentioned, had four second team votes. He didn't have no first team ones. Schroeder had two first. Um, two uh, two seconds and just a first. Mike Conley actually got a first team vote, but that was it. Um, Russell Westbrook got a second team vote, but no first team. Donovan Mitchell had one second team and zero um first. And Fred VanVleet actually got three for the second team. Um, centers: Clint Capella and Nerlens Noel. And for forwards, it was Turner, Randall, that were the only two. The rest did not get anywhere near five points. Uh, Anthony Davis had only two votes, and they were for second team. So, um, anybody that you guys thought should have made defensive team out of these out of the list, or do you like eh? No, it doesn't really matter.
4: Once again, I think there's not a, you know, there's not a lot of spots. There's only 15, so it's like, no, no, there's only 10, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, there's only 10 for defensive. So even worse. So it's like, it's understandable that. Somebody's going to get snubbed. Like Lou Dort was really good, and the fact that he got around the same amount of like votes as Marcus Smart, you know, mm-hmm. people would have thought that he had a better chance than Smart.
2: I will say this here, though, you could have actually made a third team of all, of all the defensive players that were on this list because you had Dort, you had Chris Paul. You had Westbrook, you had Jalen Brown on this list. You've had Murray, like I mentioned, T.J. McConnell. You had Turner. You had Randall. You had A.D. You had Robert Covington, Jay Crowder, uh, Wiggins, Click Capella. You know there was enough to make a third team, in my opinion. You know Ludeur did have a very underrated defensive season, and and I will give and I and and I will admit Ludeur was snubbed on my list as well, but. Then I also made this list, who I also said should have been an all defensive player, was John Wall. Because, and before anybody criticizes me, John Wall did lead the NBA this year for steals by a point guard. I believe he had over 500 steals this year by a point guard. That's the most ever by a point guard in just one season. So I did give him credit there, you know, and Drew Holiday did not make my list. Covington didn't, you know. You know, Rudy Gobert was on my honorable mention, but I wasn't going to ever vote for him at Bam. You know, as well. You know, so so definitely. You know, um. But you could have made an all third team all, just of defense of all the guys that were snubbed or guys that guys that should have made it. You know, because because I do feel ten is way too little for an all defensive team. I think that you need fifteen because 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 there should have been five more players. And and we can and and you, um Trey um Trey. Tavon, Blackheart, myself, we could all name five more defensive players that could have made this list easily. So, um, but definitely though. Um, we've gotten all the NBA news and stuff out the way. Is there any other NBA news anybody else wants to talk about before I change subjects? Anybody? Nope. All right. All right. Well, I figured since we're all here – we can review NXT from last night. Did um Blackheart? Uh Trey, Tavon, did you guys catch the show?
3: I caught half of it, so uh, yeah. So I know about the first half, and I, maybe the last half. Tavon?
2: I I did not.
3: Well, what was it?
2: Uh NXT last night.
5: Oh yes, I did um see NXT last night.
2: All right, excellent. I saw NXT too. So we got enough people to talk about NXT, so we just might as well get into it. So that way tomorrow night, then we cover Brooklyn, you know, beating Milwaukee and Kevin Durant having this phenomenal game. I can drink a modella and probably go on another rant spree.
1: <laughs>
2: well, <laughs> Anyways, uh, no, I know, I know. Well, then you NXT better eat first before night. that time period then. Well, um, NXT last night started off with William Regal. You know he kicked off the show with a serious look on his face. You know he, you know, came out with tears in his eyes. He talked about NXT over the last seven years, how he started off being a commentator from the first Takeover to watching Takeover transform into an international phenomenon, which I felt is just like such WWE verbiage right there. I I was like, man, someone really told him to say that line. Um, Regal said with all the chaos lately. He said that he can't be the GM no more. So Carrion Cross comes out, and Carrion Cross, who comes out dressed like Jason Statham in like a like movie for Fast and the Furious, just really wants like him really wants William Regal to go. He call he says he punched the hole through the route the Mount Rushmore of NXT, and he said that he can now control the show with chaos. And then who enters the fray Samoa Joe. The crowd is electric yes. because they don't, ha- they don't have the virtual fans no more. So literally it's now the 300 people in the crowd just chanting Joe, Joe, Joe. And then Samojo said, Mr. Regal, he said, you want to talk to me? And William Regal said, I want to do it in private. He said, but he said, I want you to be the new GM of NXT. Samojo said no. So then Joe um, said right after that – That he wanted to, he said that he did cause a lot of chaos in NXT, but he always showed William Regal respect, and he says he wants to return the favor. And William Regal said that if he can be a co general manager, I guess, or a bodyguard, however, he cannot wrestle, but if anyone provokes him, he does have the right to attack him. So, you know, Joe got in the face of Cross, said, What are you still doing in this ring? He said, Tick tock, young champion. The crowd is literally singing na-na-na-na, hey-hey, goodbye, and Joe is going to kill you, Chance. Um, what did you guys think of this opening segment on NXT? Because I loved it. I loved it.
3: I mean, I wish they kind of would have closed this had this as the closing segment of NXT instead of having it open first, so if I would have been the bookers, I would have put this there last, but uh, yeah, I told y'all. Like, basically, this was a quadruple, I mean, a quadruple squash when he came the NXT in your house. So now, what other competitor is going to be able to face um Kairi Cross for the title? But now we got some more Joe as assistant GM, and he gets the Stone Cold Steve Austin 2003 treatment. If you put your hand, if you put your hand on me, I get the hit to hit you. You know what I'm saying? So something's going to happen involving this. They're going to intertwine this and. We're going to see Samoa Joe get back in the ring, test him out against Karen Cross, and maybe, maybe they just might give the nod and be like, okay, he needs to come back in the ring. But I don't know what they're planning on doing. This is all Triple H is saving his ass, so you better praise that man for what he sees in Samoa Joe compared to what Vince sees in Samoa Joe.
2: And, and And I will say this year, they wouldn't have been teasing Samoa Joe this entire night. With, and we'll get into it later, you know, with the Adam Cole, the Gargano, the Pete Dunn, the Karen Cross. He Triple H would have not had all this teasing if he did not believe Samojo would be back in the ring in the next twelve months or so. He just wouldn't have done all that teasing. Not for this show. Um and I was surprised that the only thing I was just surprised with was he just was just a co GM. He's not a GM. He's he's literally just gonna be more of an enforcer. And I was actually I was actually kind of shocked by that because I was just like you know, it really was kind of William Regal's time to go, so now than ever it is William Regal's time to go. Now I feel like it's gonna be a little bit more watered down. Um, Tavon, what was your thoughts?
5: Um, it was a um good opening segment. Uh like um like us, I was thinking when I was watching the show, I'm happy that Joe is back. I'm happy Triple H brought him back. He's not the GM, but he is the enforcer. So whoever um, provokes Joe, I mean, they're gonna have to, they're gonna have to deal with him, So
2: yeah, pretty much. Right after this, we had um, Breezango take on Imperium. Um, this is actually a, a good, decent match. It didn't get a lot of time though, but you know, it was it, the match ended. You know, it was actually a hot tag on Fabian Eichner's part. Eichner clotheslined the shit out of Tyler Breeze and then gave him, like, a like high knee and was getting ready to hit a brain buster, and Tyler Breeze got the roll-up for the victory. And then after the match, Imperium just beat the shit out of Zango and then put a um, little flag over um, Zango saying Imperium on it. I liked it, um, you know, but... I didn't understand why Imperium had to lose this match to get this over because they could have actually did all this and Imperium win. Um, What was your thoughts, Tavon and Blackheart?
5: Yeah, it was good. It was a good match. It was interesting that Breesangle won. I mean, I would probably think that they would probably have
3: Imperium win, but Yeah. yeah. I mean, my key question is, what are they going to do about Imperium right now? You know what I'm saying? Everything the Alex and the Wolf release, and now you got a 2 men, and then you still got the who's across in UK. Um, more likely, he's not going to probably be coming back to the States. So let's just get that out there right here, right now. So you only got maybe two solid people on that roster, so what's really going to happen with them? I just hope and pray that they'll try to break them up. or well, at least if they are just – I'd rather have them go back to NXT in case at least it could be with Walter. You know what I'm saying? At least in this case, I saw I was kind of more surprised that Brazzo won instead of Perriem two. But just the fact that they only gave him like seven good solid minutes, I'm like,
2: eh. I mean, if you would really give me three I minutes, I'd have been satisfied. But you know, whatever, can't complain. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that I just didn't like was just like the finish because I was just like, why is Brazzo winning this match just to get? Buried right after this match, and you know it's like what Jake Roberts has said before in WWE. Jake Roberts has said, you know, in WWE they have this thing where even if you win the match, you don't look like the winner after the match because the camera's not going to be focused on you. So, <laughs> and the camera really wasn't focused on Breesango after this match; it never was, and it, and it, it was the attention, I guess, the entire time. But we then had the first um, backstage brawl of the night because. For some reason on NXT, we got to have all these pull aparts now. For some reason, uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole are fighting. William Regal said that both of them can settle this at the Great American Bash at three weeks. And then Samoa Joe came and broke both of them up. He told Kyle Riley, stop it. And then Adam Cole pushed him. So then Joe got pissed off, took off his um, blazer, and just choked the shit out of Adam Cole and then said whenever he wakes up, Mr. Regal will be re- expecting an answer. Because when Regal told both of them that they can each pick their opponent for next week um, of whoever they want. So we had Kushida take on... The Trey Baxter, the former Blake Christensen of Impact Wrestling and New Japan Strong, ew, and it, I, and I will say this here, um, generic ass names. Match. Well, here's what I will say about this here, and I got, I'm gonna call him so no Shot. <laughs> well, well, here's what well, I'm gonna get into this before I get into the match, okay? All the wrestlers, from what I've been told in NXT, when they get signed, can pick their own names. Because they don't want you having your indie name. So, so this is the thing. That's fine and all, but when you pick the dumbest generic name out of a book, it sounds like a Disney Channel movie coming on at 8 p.m. on Friday. Like, like, oh, Corey Baxter meets his long lost brother Trey Baxter. How will they, you know, that's some stupid bullshit. How will they come with this? Exactly, like not? some bullshit, and and I'm just and then like this portrait Baxter has to cut a promo saying I'm all heart, you know I'm the first guy in the gym, last one out. I'm like I don't give a fuck. You sound like you should be on Disney Channel, man. I'm like what the hell is wrong with you? I mean, cool. I mean I mean I mean dude, I mean just dude just came out. I mean it was just like it was just the cheesiest shit that I've ever seen. But the match that he had with Kushida was really good though. I actually liked the match. I didn't actually have a problem with. Anything in the ring. I did have a problem with Kyle O'Reilly coming out before the commercial break and Vic Joseph's like, Is that Kyle O'Reilly? Well no shit, motherfucker. Like <laughs> it's clear and bright and fucking day that it's Kyle O'Reilly. Like who the fuck else did you think it was? Like Jesus. So then um good match though between Baxter and Kushida. Kushida um wins with the hoverboard lock. And then they shake hands after the match, and then Kyle O'Reilly gives uh, Trey a congratulations as well. O'Reilly comes in the ring and says, I don't want to fight you for the Cruiserweight Championship. He said, next week, I just want to take you on one-on-one, the best versus the best. That's fine and all, but I would have just waited till Kyle O'Reilly did that after the match. Because why did he have to come out before the match? Because you're taking spotlight off the new guy. And poor Wade Barrett's on commentary saying, you know, there's not a lot of like um, – proof out there about this Trey Baxter. I'm like, yeah, there is. Just go back and watch Impact or New Japan last three months. Like, there's actually no proof of him. Um, and, and then, and then Way Barrett right after this says, you know, when this weekend, I had all these coaches tell me that this Trey Baxter is a must see. I'm like, you just said there was nothing on this man. <laughs> like, which one is it? Is there, is there stuff on him or is there nothing on
0: him? What the hell are you talking yeah.
2: about? I was like,
3: "What the hell is he talking about?" Tavon uh, Blackheart, What was your guys' thoughts on this? Just the just the commentary was just fucking ridiculous, man. Just I'm just like, bro. i like, the I mean, the casual wrestling fan that's probably living in that WWE bubble that probably doesn't even know about the guy. Okay, it probably made sense to them, but for marks like us who actually watch more than one company's product, I'm pretty damn sure we would know about who the fuck that they're talking about. So. Just to just to undermine his previous work, it's like a slap to his face, and to have a fucking generic ass name. See, see, this is the, see, see, this is the reason why. And cause you're gonna hear me say that I'll never go to WWE because I don't want them trying to take control of my career. while the fuck I'm there as an independent wrestler? But when you sign in on a dotted line, you're not an independent, contracted wrestler. You actually work for that company, so technically, you're. So there's, there's technically, anything involving them are their responsibility. They only can do so much. So, and I can even make my own calls and shit like that, unless I have creative control in this fucking juncture. But neither here or there. But WWE, this is just the the this is just the regular status fucking quote. Uh
5: good match between um Trey and Kushida. Yeah, Trey's character it's a bit yeah it is. A bit- Ify and generic. I mean, aside from that, I mean, it looks like he has a bright spot, bright future on the cruiserweight division. He showed off his moveset pretty well. Yeah, all he needs is a good character, and the sky's the limit for him, I guess.
2: Well, we go to a backstage interview with Frankie Monet and Presley, because Presley actually got to keep his name, but Frankie Monet couldn't. Um, she said next week, we're going to have an encore performance of her worldwide premiere. Um, you know, everyone had a problem with Frankie Monet or Taya Valkyrie. You know, I know a lot of people may not know who the fuck of Frankie Monet is if they listen to this podcast, but Taya Valkyrie is the um wife of John Morrison on WWE. She's a former Impact Knockouts champion. So Taya Valkyrie, uh, Frankie Monet had this, there was this issue. Everyone was saying from Brian Alvarez on the Wrestling is Over newsletter to, you know, everyone saying, well, her gear was very ratchy. Like, her boobs were nearly showing. But I saw Zia Lee wearing some Mortal Kombat shit in blue all oh, day. Not one person said nothing no. that about it. No. That. No. <laughs> so, Stop. So, and and, and Stop. I want to go ahead and clear this out. I'm putting Stop. this out there. On the top, top row Facebook group chat, everyone agreed with me about Zia Lee looking fine as hell on Sunday. Listen, she has All a panty five. I
3: literally is. gave you proof. <laughs> I literally gave the man fucking proof of three prime examples. I'm like, yo, this is what you call cake. So whether so your theory or a vision of cake is, is far different from mine, especially Tony Storm. So you cannot disrespect her. I never disrespect the Tony Story. So I just said ah! there's a difference. No, there's a difference. She, I didn't think she, about her. she got more cake than your woman has. And then as I said it in the uh, and the, as I said it in the group compared to Deuce's 60 imaginary girlfriend that he beats off every fucking night.
2: <laughs> well anyway, so okay. I, I will say this here though, the time Valkyrie gear. I actually don't mind because if, if anyone's watched Impact Wrestling the last couple of years, you know that her boobs always nearly pop out of the damn thing almost. That's that's her whole thing. Uh, she's quite, So did Katie She's Forbes. loco. Huh?
3: I mean, so did Katie Forbes.
2: I, I know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But but Katie Forbes, though, personally did that on purpose, though, because Katie Forbes is not no wrestler. Katie Forbes will even tell you she's not no wrestler. Katie Forbes did that to promote her OnlyFans. Yeah. Even I knew that, so, <laughs> uh,
0: so
2: I, I'm just. Uh, uh, now, uh, now someone's gonna start saying, "Oh, this motherfucker be paid for only fans. yes, uh, well, wrestlers no, n- n- no, who no. have only fans as well." Yeah, so, but yeah, I don't pay go. for that. I, I mean, there's one woman that actually got something. That's the Riley Madison. Check her out. Riley is Madison on Instagram. That she's a um. Indie wrestler too, so um, she's got some good stuff. But but other than that, though, you know, no, I, I'm not paying for only fans of um, the women wrestlers. But 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 if they but they you know but I mean if I if I see it for free, you know, I mean shout out to the people that pay for it. I mean I mean and release it for free. I mean you guys are better than me. I mean those women are gonna get mad at you, but not me. Anyways. <laughs> anyway so then um L A night, um so then we had the million dollar championship celebration. Or Coronation, whatever the fuck it is. I am just tired of this shit already. Ted DiBiase entered the Capitol Wrestling Center with uh security guards. Um one of the security guards looked like a woman. Uh, I'm just, I'm not trying to be sexist, I'm just saying that one of them actually looked like a woman. So I was actually like like shocked. But anyways. Um LA Night then came then, but before the LA Night came, they gave like the two minute video mtv spoof thing about him you know with this fake mansion and shit so then early night arrives to the building in a cigar with a cigar in his mouth driving a fancy sports car uh the jacket was to pay homage to michael jackson thriller wearing air one jordans um someone said that they were the jordan fours but they're actually the air jordan ones i'm I'm 90 percent sure about that and then night and then we actually got like this was really weird the entire feud with Cameron Grimes and LA Knight was comedy. But the coronation was all serious because LA Knight actually cut a heartfelt promo. He said that Ted DiBiase actually was really one of his heroes. He said that the, he said when he brought a Ted DiBiase action figure, it did come with the little belt. And he actually, you know, thanked Ted DiBiase for everything. And then, of course, Ted DiBiase put the championship on his shoulder. And then Ted Dibi- and then um, LA Knight said, "Now that I got everything I want, I can take out the people that don't mean nothing." And he hits Ted DiBiase in the face. He hits the security guards. One that looked like a woman. So I, so I'm just saying that that person looked like a woman to me, you know. Um, and then LA Knight then stomped on um Ted DiBiase. Then Cameron Grimes came out, and Cameron Grimes, you know, left. But this crowd chant the shit out of Cameron Grimes to the moon. Cameron Grimes is now a baby face. Uh, uh, but what, Cameron Grimes! Go money out to Well, well, <laughs> what,
3: what
2: was your guys' thoughts on this um, coronation?
3: I'm actually kind of surprised that they actually made uh, Cameron Grimes a baby face, even though it kind of seemed like the little scene when it came to the whole million-dollar face-off and how that kind of happened, and, you know, the face-to-face with L.A. Knight and all that other stuff. So, I mean... Would you rather have Eli Knight as the babyface? No, I, I I just think that he just doesn't look right as a babyface right now. And you know, look at it, Cameron Grimes. As I told people when I first saw him, he looked like he he looked like a straight caveman. So I think you can feel more sympathetic for him more than Eli Night. So I guess they made a good call. We'll, let's see how this unfolds. Maybe he might go into bankruptcy.
2: <laughs> 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 Tebow, what was your thoughts?
3: Um, it was a really good
5: segment. It was a heartfelt um, promo by LA Knight and the heel turn. It was, it was done, it was done unexpectedly, but it was still brilliant. And yeah, it's an interesting double turn of LA Knight as a heel and Cameron Grimes as a face.
2: So yeah. I will say, though, WWE actually did something right because L.A. Knight was – I thought he was going to cut this impact promo of the the Eli Drake of let me talk to you and all that. And, you know, he actually cut a great heartfelt promo. He ignored the crowd. He didn't talk crap about the crowd. He actually was really nice to them as a heel. You know, that's shocking. And then, of course, when the beatdown happened, even I was pissed because I was like, whoa, I I didn't think he was going to do that to him. And then Vic Joseph has to yell – that's a WWE Hall of Famer, I, and I literally said right out loud on my bed, I said, "Yeah, that doesn't matter, man." I said, "I said I don't know why you yell that." And then, and then, Beth Phoenix came back and said, "La Knight's a garbage bag of a human being." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah," I said, "That's I said that's kind of accurate." I said, "I wouldn't have used garbage bag, but." <laughs> It was funny. It was more funny about, it. and then Wayne Barrett's really not like saying anything because he's just like not gonna yell. <laughs> like, but you had two people yelling, and I thought it was. I, but I did like it. I did like it. So, um, um, but and thank you, Trey. You know, for being on here. You know, definitely catch you later. Um, Black Carp definitely wanted to say, you know, thank you for having Trey come on and everything. You know, um, hopefully he is back tomorrow night for the game six. Oh you know, yeah! Kind of oh oh okay. you got to yeah! It, it, yeah, cause, yeah, because I, I really did feel bad for Trey, man, because we got into wrestling, and poor Trey was just like, man, these guys, man. He's, I, I mean, he's like, you know what? He no, he, no, he, knew about it.
3: <laughs> no, 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 he no, knew about no. it. I mean, he, I mean, my cousin was one of those ex-wrestling fans too, but he, but his kind of died out of like 2003, 2004, I think. Or maybe 2006 when uh, Eddie Guerrero like passed away. Afterwards, I think he kind of left out little Apple. So, you know, for the last 13 years, he hasn't been, um, he hasn't been up to date only besides me and some things that might pop up on ESPN and Sports Center.
2: And yeah, that that that's that's literally my family right there in a nutshell. Definitely is. So, um,
3: I so. You know what I'm saying? You can't really blame him. I mean, I'm a. Oh I'm no gonna no no.
2: <laughs> No, no, no. I, no, I, I actually, admit, I actually, man, I didn't mean to. What you call it? Bored of death. That's what i actually <laughs> this That's what I've I didn't mean to bore of, though. Um, we had a backstage, and, and before we got to a backstage interview, we kept having like teasers this entire time of a cell phone battery, you know, charging. I don't know what the fuck that's supposed to mean. So, um, I honestly thought it was like a commercial, and it really was for NXT. So I was like, huh, that's weird. Um, backstage interview, though, we had Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. They said they won another shot at those NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. Amber Moon Shot Shotzi Blackheart confronted Kai and Gonzalez near the gorilla position. But Samoa Joe and William Regal broke it up. So, um, And then we had Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai beat Caden Carter and Casey Katzaro. This was a three and two quarter star match. I actually really like this match. For some reason tonight, all the women hit all of their moves with crisp precision. I really couldn't, like, name one bad spot the women had. All the women were kicking ass in this match. Uh, Dakota Kai pinned Casey Catanzaro with the go-to Kai. Yes, that's the name of her finisher, people. Um, It's like a GTS, but it's really not. Um, But this match was really fun. I mean, you had Casey and Caden. They were able to go out there and do... 450s and super kicks and Dakota Kai and, and um uh, Kaden Carter looked like uh um, not Kaden Carter. Uh, yeah, Carter yeah Caden Carter yeah Kaden Carter looked awesome this match just awesome what did you guys think
3: coming back from her injury and shit she looked she looks better than ever um I'm happy that she's back because you know what I'm saying. Uh, with, without one, it's not the other. So we all know that when it comes to tag team wrestling, without one partner, you're not gonna get that television time. So you got She came back. I I, I miss my pretty face. Um. So and then you know Dakota Kai is I double one of the low key one of the best best female talent that they got in that locker room anyway. Um. So to have that type of match with her and who was the partner? Um. Raquel, right? Yeah. Yeah. So pretty much, Mikael's gonna do her part. Hey, honey, and who would have thought that her and Braun are idol? Holy shit! That blew my mind when I first heard about that. Whoa! You didn't know that? No, I'm oh no, I'm late to the party. Yes, yes, I did not. Dude, even
2: I've been knew that. Well,
3: congratulations, You want a cookie? No, no, I'm just saying. No, I'm just saying. No, I'm just saying. I'm I mean, yo, listen, man, because... yo, 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 listen, man. I got this app. Yo, listen, 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 I got this app called Go Puff. I can order you some shit and send it to you, okay? And, and that satisfy you.
2: I was just saying, though, that, like, honestly, I thought you have been to that one, man. I thought you, because, you know, it's just, you know, like, I've, the reason I've always known about it is because whenever Raquel Gonzalez posted a workout video on Instagram, Braun's always, like, giving, like, the, like, emojis of, like, the kissy faces and the shocked and everything. So, yeah, I've, I've been through that.
5: Oh right. man, well Gonzalez and Braun Strowman is a
2: thing. Yes. Yeah, they're actually a cute couple. To me, they are. To
3: hmm. me, they imagine that. imagine they had kids. Holy shit! Oh, oh then that baby's is then. gonna come out tall as fuck. That,
2: that kid's gonna be a strong motherfucker too. Hell yeah! Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I I honestly didn't knew that though. Shit, I thought I thought you I thought like I honestly thought you were the first to know this, man.
3: I, like, no, sir, no sir, no sir. Well,
2: well, 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 I actually, well, I actually will say they're a great couple.
3: But nonetheless, you know? it was a great, it was a great feat. It was, it was a great women's tag team match. Damn. Oh yeah, it, oh yeah,
2: definitely. I gave it three and two quarters. Um, before,
3: before we got, before I got blindsided with that, and then that kind of came up in that recent memory slot in my head.
2: Uh, Tavon, what was your thoughts on this match? It was an entertaining, um, team match. I,
5: it, it, the spots in the match, it, it almost looked like Casey and Katie, Caden won, but Wakel and Dakota, they were just one step ahead.
2: Yeah, I, I will say though the the only thing that they messed up was, and this was just on the camera people, was Casey Catanzaro hit this four fifty. And Dakota kicked out, but they were supposed to have the camera go the other way where Raquel was dragging Katie uh, uh, Casey out of the ring, not Dakota kicking out of the 450. So, but but that's not. But that didn't take away from the match. That was a camera issue. That's not on the women. Um, Ever Rise cut a promo on Hit Row because uh, Hit Row broke their like dollhouse or whatever. I don't know what the fuck this was supposed to be. It was supposed <laughs> to be comedy and serious at the same time. Fun fact: uh, Everrise has now signed a five-year deal, so we're gonna have to Why? deal with this bullshit. So, Why? Uh, Blackheart, you know, Blackheart, you know, you and I, I I'm ninety-nine percent sure that we get more views than Everrise do. I'm ninety-nine percent more sure than this. <laughs> I, 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 I get more fucking comments about about like how 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 I don't know shit about the NBA. More, more than these motherfuckers get, like uh, more than these guys get TV time, you know. And and the and these guys were talking about donuts and shit. I'm like, what the hell, y'all? <laughs> and then they it? and then they kept ringing the doorbell in this broken house. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with y'all? I'm like... They
5: didn't even rebuild the damn house that AJ Styles <laughs> built.
2: Exactly. It's just like I, I mean I mean honestly though, it really looked like a Barbie house that you just like you know, like I would have I would have liked it if, I would have just liked it if they just got the hell off my TV to be honest or Hit Row just beat the shit out of them or something like that, you know. I know AJ Francis is like this nice guy that's really safe, but if he drops one of these Rise motherfuckers on their head, I'm not gonna be like crying about the shit. I'm not. I'm really I really might actually like Thank AJ Francis. I, I know I'm gonna get some heat for that, but but yeah. Um, Kyle Riley Adam Cole was announced officially for the Great American Bash. It's the July 6th main event on the NXT on Tuesday. So and then uh, Io Shirai came out for an in ring promo. Io said that she was back and that she said that she, and she said her next target was gonna be and then she was interrupted by Candice Ray. Um, Candice said that a lot has changed in NXT while she was gone. She was only gone for like a fucking month. Right. And Candice said, "And Candice said, now I have championship gold." And she told EO "You're at the bottom of the barrel." And these, and, and it, I didn't, like, I didn't understand this because I've already seen Candice and EO and it was a clear, definitive finish. Um. So I don't understand why we had to go back to this feud again, but uh, whatever. Anyways, though, Candace said that she, um, one thing has not changed, and that was um, Andy Hartwell sneak attacking Shirai, and then Candace jumped in, and then Shirai got a comeback. And then, uh, of course, um, which we have to get, you know, I really do feel bad for the, everybody that's been taking these bumps on these fucking announce tables, and these tables are not breaking, because EO took a bad, bad bump on this announce table. I agree. And that hurt her spine. What's going on? fucking announce tables? And I'm just like, God, that that had to be brutal. And then Zoe Stark stop comes stop out and,
3: and I can stop a person's spinal
2: cord, you know, saying
3: like, if you tweet the wrong way, or you exactly. live the wrong way some other shit.
2: Exactly. So so then Zoe Stark came out, and Zoe Stark, my God, she had a beautiful pump kick and everything. I was like, man, uh, uh, here's the thing. I actually thought the women on this show Look, A-plus from the promos to everything. I thought the women did great on this show tonight. I didn't think the women messed one beat. I really didn't. I thought the women – you know, I know the segment I didn't like about Candice and Io. The only reason I don't like it is because I've already seen this match, and they're just repeating the same match. But I did enjoy – the. I did enjoy everything. It wasn't like the women were boring. The women actually did really good tonight. They really did. They just – or sorry, Tuesday sure night, but enough. they just didn't get the credit. They didn't get the credit. You know because because and they're not going to because because everyone's going to say that they're just repeating the same feuds
5: or but, something like NXT did not grow in ratings.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly, and and this and it's going to be a segment that just doesn't grow in ratings. It's just not going to be. But I thought the women did really great tonight. I thought I thought I thought the the women's tag was great, and I thought that this women's segment was great. I did. Um, so then, of course, we – so this, this this is where everything gets weird for some reason. Mackenzie Mitchell follows Samojo and William Regal outside the building and ask about them about their first night. And then we cut to something else immediately. Like yeah, we, turn wild, yeah, we turn to a wild – yeah, we turn to like a wild brawl. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, isn't Regal okay, and Jeff supposed cool. to be like leaving? So, so then it gets even more weirder because when we get back from commercial, they're in William Regal's office, and then Johnny Gargano comes in, and then Austin Theory comes in, and then Joe tells Theory and Gargano to leave. Then Pete Dunne shows up. Pete Dunne doesn't say anything. And so, so they were just teasing a lot of Samoa Joe versus these guys. And then, you know – so then again, we had – so then we get to our main event. Before our main event, it's um, Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa. They were out, out of the. They were out, coming out to the ring. It had to be in this ring for four whole minutes while the Gargano segments happened, while the Pete Dunn happened. But before the commercial, they even came out, you know, for their entrance. And MSK wished them good luck. They looked pissed at MSK, and then Timothy Thatcher stole the popcorn that um, one of the MSK members had, and he ate in front of them and smiled. And then we get our match of the Tornado Tag Match. And, you know, these guys had a great match here. This was three and three quarters. Go check it out. It was a great main event. Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher beat the Grizzled Young Veterans. Um, But there was a spot in this match here too. Black Cartman, you see this, you're going to be like, what the fuck? Because maybe you already have. But Tommaso Ciampa on the outside, this was in the closing moments of the match. The little thing that they have to hold the announce table that has the NXT logo on it. One of the grizzled young veterans threw Champa right on top of this thing, and this thing cracked. And Champa is holding his back tailbone hard as hell, and he's kicking the ground. He is kicking this ground hard as hell because his back tailbone hurts like a motherfucker. And Champa, you know, and thank goodness they we're at the finish of this match because, they, and then champa has to literally give um zach gibson on the announce table that does not break a um backdrop and he's holding him and champa is still aiming at this tailbone and this tailbone is already like burning champa now so champa's like tailbone in this match i would not be surprised if it was broken um but great match though hard hitting it was like a New Japan match. It really was like a New Japan tag match. Um, Tavon, what did you think of this?
5: It was a great match, great main event, tons of good action.
2: Yeah, it was it was really good. Um, but yeah, um, but that but that was and then we end the show finally with Mackenzie Mitchell again outside with William Regal and Samoa Joe. So we just were gonna forget everything else happened, um, of all those <laughs> shit. And and then and then she said she said, How did you guys think the show went tonight? And Samoa Joe said for a first show, he said this is the first of May, he said they thought it went good. William Regal drives off in a limo, um well, I guess in like a back of an escalade where he's like in the back seat, and that was a it was a good way to end NXT um, I will say, though, when they did that thing in the back, Champa was literally trying to yell in the hard camera saying this was our takeover, and they cut him off. And I was like, man, they did not get anything right about cutting people off. I'm like, man, you guys were cutting everybody off left and right. I said, poor, poor guys. Like, no one did not know what the hell was going on in the show. Like, it was just the camera issues. I'm going to say camera issues stopped this NXT show from being great, but it was a really great show. It really was a great show. I agree. Um, it, yeah, it really definitely. it really was, and I, and I honestly didn't have a problem with it. I wasn't insulted. We didn't have no index bullshit. We didn't have none that we had <laughs> some. We, the women did great. They weren't under no bullshit, and I liked it. Um, Hell in a Cell preview. Let's go ahead and get into the Hell in a Cell preview. It's only five matches that's been announced, but they'll probably be more on SmackDown. Um, Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre hell in a cell for the WWE Championship if McIntyre loses. He can no longer challenge Lashley for the championship while Lashley's champion. Um, how do you guys see this going? Um,
3: shit. I'm kind of looking at this thing like I'm looking already towards a SummerSlam. Les- Brock rock is going to come out of workwork and come back to Raw and oh, Mackey, just look at Lashley, give it, hit him with an F5 and then boom. And that's how the whole shit starts. So they're going to try to occupy McIntyre with some filler rivalries for right now. To later on, with the drop the belt. And he'll go back to it around WrestleMania time next year. Maybe he won't win the next Royal Rumble, which I don't think he should. Um, I should think someone from SmackDown should be able to win it to go against Roman. And then you can do some other booking situation to get McIntyre into the title picture.
2: Tavon?
5: Yeah, I don't necessarily... Well, I like Drew, but I don't necessarily see him winning this match. And, yeah, I do feel bad for Drew. Like, this is literally his second LSL match. He should have won his first one last year. Because Randy Orton didn't have to win, win the title from him. But, yeah, it sucks, man. Yeah, I gotta go with... Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley has to retain. We gotta see we gotta see Bobby versus Brock, man. That's the dream mess that everybody that everybody's been waiting for since SummerSlam twenty eighteen. It's three years in the making and
2: yeah. I mean all signs tell me that Drew McIntyre is gonna win this WWE championship match. I just got that feeling. But they might be bringing Brock back. And we're gonna probably get Brock and Bobby Lashley for the WWE title, which would make sense. But I don't know. I honestly don't know how this is gonna play out. It's too close to call right now at this point. So, um, and plus they did give McIntyre the victory on the Go Home show, where he beat yeah, Lashley clean. And I was just like, huh. So, so that's so that's something to look out for.
3: But people don't want to see McIntyre versus Lesnar go because we already had that shit. Yeah, but we so had the going, going to be rejecting. Like, okay, so what if McIntyre does win at Hell in Is he really? Is he really going to get booed? Because the fans already know what's about
2: to happen next. I, I don't think they would. I don't think they would because we, remember we didn't get that match officially with fans. We had it with an empty arena. So there's so that's so that's kind of too hard to tell right now.
3: I don't know. That's why I'm saying let Lashley win it right now. That you can still. Weaving the way for McIntyre to get in later, and then as time passes on 2022, when a little bit of normalcy comes back, you can get that match again. And then you actually get the the fan reaction, okay, this is the makeup for the last two WrestleManias.
2: How about this here, though? Uh, Next up, we've got Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair for the Raw Women's Championship. This match has had zero build. It's been passed backwards. The women lose every fucking match for some reason to Nikki Cross, who's not even in this match. And that makes zero sense. Um, I see Charlotte Flair winning this over Rhea Ripley. I mean, no offense. I don't see Rhea retaining this title Um, because all signs indicate that Charlotte's going to win. What about you guys? I mean, I'm not really looking
3: forward to this match at all. Because of Charlotte Flair being involved into this, like you can't really push anybody the fuck else to try to get some, try to try to get some TV time. It has to be Flair. It only has to be for motherfucking Flair. Going with the silver spoon and motherfucking coach. Okay, we don't need to see any more of this shit. We don't. But obviously we ain't gonna get our fucking wish. So why am I even complaining about? it? T-Von? The only Flair. <sighs>
5: At this point, I, I just I just want to see Rhea Ripley retain. I mean, it was bad enough that, sh- that we had to lose last year's WrestleMania and Charlotte's second NXT title reign. I mean, the only good thing you could say about that reign was that, yeah, Io Shirai won the title off of her. So it's like, I mean... I mean, if you just give it to Charlotte, it's like it's just going to be another predictable short waning and it's like
2: we don't really need that. Yeah, but they keep telling you on TV she's going to like she's a 13-time winning champion and she's going to break 16. You know, they keep telling you that. Yeah, they do. Yeah, but think about yeah. how many more years does she still got to, to break it. Uh, anytime now. Because, you know, they're getting ready to give her a 14th title reign. And then and then she'll lose it and get a 15th title reign by Survivor Series and a 16th title reign by next year's WrestleMania. So
3: there you go. Ew. That's short. That's well, well, short. I, but, silver Spoon booking ever, ever heard of one.
2: Well, well come, I mean, come on. You, you really are shocked but, by that. Dude, guard. that's like you telling you
3: really the are, Lakers, I'm, I'm like, I'm okay, okay so we're going to win this season, but yeah, we're not going to win the next one. Well, you are planned is- your emotions.
2: Well, here's the thing. The original plan at WrestleMania this year was for Charlotte to beat Lacey Evans for the damn Women's Championship, but Lacey Evans got pregnant. Oscar wasn't even supposed to be at WrestleMania this year.
3: Hey, even though she well deserves it way more than Lacey. I understand, I, I,
2: I, 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 I understand that. but you have to remember what was the whole pl- plot at Royal Rumble and shit. It was supposed to be Lacey Evans. The whole point Rear was and... they
3: were trying to make Charlotte Flair a babyface. No, for god goddamn well, she's not built like one. Yeah, but yeah, but they were gonna give her the babyface
2: when they were gonna have. And to that would have made up
3: fucking the same way how we treated Roman. It would have been the
2: same fucking treatment. Even worse, maybe Cena. The difference is though. Here's why I'm going to say it's so different with the women because it's the first time WWE's really been pushing women. You know, yes, they pushed Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey, but they put Charlotte Flair in that main event still. And they're going to, and you know, they're going to get away in history saying, well, Charlotte Flair you know, is the most decorated women's champion of all time and they're going to call her Miss WrestleMania and shit, you, you know you know they're going to get away with this because here's what's going to happen. When you look back at history of the women of the last 30 years of WWE, there ain't going to be much of history of the women because, because they right. never established any women. So so they're actually going to get away with this. That's what's so funny, to get away with I it. I mean, they're going to get
3: away with it, but certain people are going to look at her the way that they want to look at Tom Brady. Okay, everyone don't want to see Tom Brady at every single fucking Super Bowl, but you know if it didn't well with the, according to his surrounding and shit like that, he's gonna do it because obviously you got people like you got the Becky Lynch, you got the Ronda Rouseys, um, you got the art, uh, you got the Oscars, you got um, um, you got the Bailey's the Sasha Banks and shit like that. That you can create great matches with her, so you can have a pretty great match list to go down to a, I mean to a to so include in them accomplishments and accolades and stuff like that. Yes, I understand that. But you don't want to have to shove the woman down a motherfucking throat to see what she did for so many other people in the past already. Okay, we get that. And sometimes people don't want to have the shit that she feeding to us. And then, and then, if you're a company that's known for building, I mean, that's known and specializes supposedly in building new stars, even though we already have one established on, why don't you move on to the next problem? You be brought by even fucking Marie and then you put her with a fucking sloppy face for a sidekick.
2: Yeah, and, and her new name is gonna be, you know, something terrible. So <laughs> come on now. Like, are you fucking serious?
3: This is where <laughs> I'm gonna go to have my life dependent on me or or unless I have a great last name or someone's connected to somebody that's been there before. That's the only way that I can be safe.
2: I will say this here though, you, you know, you know, it reminds me of the segment with Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose on Raw, because Natalia and Tamina literally said that, hey, if you women focus more on um, in the ring than your looks, you would be champion. And Dana Brooke literally came back and said, "What's that supposed to mean?" Like, <laughs> I
0: mean, she said that.
2: <laughs> come on,
5: come yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. Like guard, how, how guard, flag, like flag, how can flag, Mandy and Dana you? establish themselves when you never even gave them the time of day?
2: Yeah, I
4: thought
3: that funny so I did I was just I literally left my ass uh, off in data book set Squish me like, inside and two Oreo cookies over there. Yes. God, Remember God. the old ass uh, Oreo cookies that had the vanilla uh the the vanilla cookie with the uh with the chocolate filling? That's me right now. Oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. I I I was I, I was
5: Tavon. T- 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 what's your thoughts um, on, on everything that's been? said? What you mean? <laughs> <I> <laughs> everything
3: that's been said. T- that t- t- said. <laughs> don't be acting like you don't want to be having a threesome with, you know, with two female wrestlers, uh, with two female snow bunny wrestlers and shit like that. I, I, whatever with Trish and um with, oh. with Trish and Stacy Keibler. Boom.
2: Oh, that was deal. Okay, a- okay, rip- okay, oh. Trish oh, okay, and Tori.
3: Oh. Yeah.
2: Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, <laughs> our next match <message> is <laughs> it's good. You, you know, you know, you know. This show's gonna get so much heat. I got this feeling. This show's gonna get so much heat and backlash because we've we, we've been in every uh, in every cycle and everywhere, man. I mean, we really have. Um, Bailey Bianca Belair SmackDown Women's Championship. I got Bianca Belair winning this. I, I'm not even gonna go into this. It's 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 a it's a storyline and it's it, it's it doesn't have any build, but it's not like the women been buried. It's just they just don't have no time, you know. Um, Roman Reigns versus Rey Mysterio, hell herself for the Universal Championship. We already known, this is gonna be a really be great
3: match. Beaten, okay. This is gonna be child abuse version two. <laughs> <laughs> but we fucking child abuse again but said this time you're whooping on the boy's father. Who's smaller than who's smaller than a damn midget, okay? Like that's even worse. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no, come on. Like I, no. I know, I this, know that, I know that, but this is, is the most unsyncalled booking that I've seen, especially for Roman Reigns, especially with the shit that he's been going through. You mean to tell me that this is the only one person he did that game? I mean, what about Kevin always. Again. You know what I'm saying? You know what's else with that. But you put him in the, but you put him in the continental tier and he's missed, he's in the midst, but he's not placed anywhere. You know what I'm saying? P.K., perfect prime example, but I understand you're trying to wait till next year for so many times. Maybe he just might win the Royal Rumble. I don't know. Maybe you don't want to pull the trigger on that one. Okay, fine, cool, whatever. But you don't have that much faces on SmackDown either. Who else are you going to have that call-off from NXT Yo, We need him for SmackDown. Cool. You're in the same predicament as NXT is right now.
2: I will say this match should be really great, though. I really say this match should really be great. Yeah, it's going so, to listen, be. Listen,
3: this is gonna be child abuse, man. Match. This listen, no. You might think that this is gonna be a great match. I'm thinking this is gonna be child abuse. This is really <laughs> <gonna be laughs> more strange, chunking him the same way that he chunked Dominic off the camera. <laughs> hey, what's got listening motherfucker.
2: <laughs> I, I would like to also reference to anybody that listens to this podcast on Spotify afterwards. He did not mean to say the N-word, he meant to say little person. We do apologize if anyone was offended. What? Blackheart. <laughs> Blackheart is <laughs> supposed to be little person. We what? Can't, we can't.
3: We can't. Yeah, say but we can't call gays gays. <laughs> what do you mean? We don't want to get involved into that. No, so Blackheart, man,
2: Blackheart's going to give me so much trouble. You know what I'm saying? Things. Just like
3: we can't say gays, the F word. Well, well,
2: well, you mean the fuck word? I said the F word. Uh, okay, 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 okay. Okay, yeah. But, but, so, he met, but he met little person people. He met little person. He did not meet any. I
3: would say that is was less sensitive than me calling a gay person the F word.
2: I know that, I know that, but there might be... But you never know, man. Some people get offended. You know, I had to
3: apologize for seeming... No, listen, no, listen. Okay, fine, folks. I get it. This not no... not no in-assimatic um, comedy and some shit like that. I'm not one of the type of people that judge religion, skin, whatever the fuck it is. As long as you respect me, I respect you. Point of But when it comes to this, if you look at... If you look at Roman Reigns with Rey Mysterio, look at the whole game... Yo, know, look at the whole detail of the tape. And then when it has all the demographics right down the middle of the fucking screen, bro, you mean to tell me that you will not be saying the same you The same to the fuck that you said? He's going to get his last one. It is going to be child abuse. And then if you going to put the replay to the last two weeks of what the hell that happened to Roman and Dominic, you're going to have to fucking agree with me.
2: I will say I will say this here though, Ray is not gonna win and Ray's gonna you know, get his <laughs> ass whooped, but but I said it's still gonna be a great match. So I still think they're gonna have a great match. So I don't know, man, Listen. And, and
3: they, know, will, listen. Jimmy is well, gonna well, get involved in this match to save me, you know, to save Roman. I, I, I mean, know I mean know I'm Jimmy's gonna, gonna get involved. involved in this. I mean just I mean, to Ray is. and Dominic, right? No, Jimmy's no Jimmy's gonna get involved because why? He's not gonna see baby feast like that. Get get that Molly walked the ass walk and you see and then you see his cousin going nuts. And then Jay's gonna come out. He's gonna feel more fucking deflated. He's gonna shoot and kick the both of them, but like, he wants nothing to do with both of them and walk away.
2: Well, I will say this here: we're going to go to a match that's not going to be great Sunday, and it's probably <laughs> going to have the most sound. It's probably going to have the most editing of a match ever. It's Alexa Bliss versus Shayna Baszler, and you know Lily will be by, so this won't be a great match. This won't be. No. Um, no. It won't. And listen, yeah. man.
3: When, I mean, listen, if I don't see Alexa Bliss turn Shayna Baszler into a fucking doll like Sabrina did to Brock Misty in Pokemon, yes, folks, if you actually remember that episode way back in the day, season one, episode 24, I believe, Wow. wow. you get my drift about what the fuck I said. Wow. If I don't see that happening, I'm not believing this bullshit. And then now I gotta throw my thumbs down officially for Alexa Bliss and, you know, and Shayna too because she's part of that He's part of that typhoon that's going on with the the storylines and shit like that. That makes no goddamn sense. You must must turn the whole locker room into dolls. Please do.
2: If you can do that, I'll be happy. But if you can't do that, I'm not with this. Well, this will be their last match inside. This will be the last pay-per-view inside the Thunderdome. So, you know, they're going to be able to get all the special sound effects and shit they want in there. Uh, Tavon, what's your thoughts on this match Just going to be? Because um, I know it's not going to be great, but, you know.
5: Yeah, probably not. But, yeah, I'm pretty much saying this. Um, Alexa pretty much wins this match. And, yeah, the moment Shayna Baszler loses, yeah, it's pretty much time for her to head back to NXT.
2: Yeah, but that probably won't be happening. So, you know, because Shayna Baszler probably going to have to be scared of this doll for at least... At least till Survivor Series, and then and then she can move on. But um, and and, 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 and and there and there is supposed to be a WWE draft coming in August, so maybe, so maybe you know maybe maybe she might get lucky and go to SmackDown, and Alexa and the doll won't follow her there. So <laughs> oh, maybe, okay. maybe, maybe 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 maybe
5: SmackDown will will um will be yeah. a great option for her. I don't this. Because well, yeah. it's, it's just it's just not it's just not.
3: It's no, just the not, writing, it's the, just it's not it's the writing, the the for raw sucks. That's yeah, the I agree. get rid. Show exactly. you know, all some of the writers. Create a little balance for them, and then maybe you see a little resurgence for them. How
2: about this here, though? Um, NBA. Going on right now. The Utah Jazz are up in the third quarter. Third quarter just ended. The Clippers outscored the Jazz 32 to 18 in the third quarter. Jazz were 0 of 10 in the third quarter from three. The Clippers are up 92-83 right now. It's the fourth quarter going on. Um, Paul George for the Clippers. Um, Damn thing won't even load up, man. What is wrong with the NBA app? Stats ain't even loading up on the NBA app. Jeez. I was actually trying to look and see, and I'm I'm watching the game live. I'm just not – I just don't have how many points – Okay. So. you go? Let me go to the ESPN
3: 17 for 33 points made in the first half. I forgot what the last
2: stats. Yeah. That, that really- well, 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 it was uh, 32-18 outscored in the third quarter. Clippers outscored the Jazz, and the Jazz were 0-10 in the third quarter from three. Paul George, 11 of 19, 30 points. Hmm. So he's having a great game. Uh, Marcus Moore Sr., 24 points on 10 of 16, 3 of 4 from three. Terrence Mann, um, 3 of 6 with 9 points. You know, Reggie Jackson, 4 of 9 with 10. For Utah, though, uh, it's Donovan Mitchell with, man, it's not a great game. 3 of 10, just 10 points. Damn. Three quarters. And, um, yeah, Rudy Gobert, 5 of 7, 13 points. Uh, Vondanovich is 8 of 17, 7 of 14 from 3 with 25. Joe Ingles, 3 of 6, 8 points on 1 of 4. So yeah, um, Jordan Clark, terrible, the terrible stats for Donovan right now. I don't
3: know what was the game plan. If he's had an off night, or is he just getting stick double team wise and shutting him down and trying to have the others play their
2: game and see who scores and who don't. From from what from what I've seen so far, it's just been just Donovan Mitchell just not being able to just have the offensive game like he was supposed to be having and. And then, and, and Terrence, man, you know, give credit to him. He's been able to shut down Mitchell, you know, because he's getting, he's getting some great credit right now. Um, and then uh, Jordan Clarkson, though, five of 11, four of eight from three with 15 points. So. You know, Jordan Clarkson's having a good game as well. You know, um, this is – it, and by I say having a good game, Jordan Clarkson's not usually having a great, like, stat line because Clarkson's missing so many shots and everything. But, but he's having a good game so far. But that's all that's going on. The Clippers shooting 51% from the field. They're 13 of 31 from three. The Jazz are 17 of 40 from three, but they're not even up right now. They're they're still down in this game. So but give credit to Bondanovich. For the seven threes that he's made so far, um, and yep. As far as hockey is going, for the NHL conference finals, the Lightning beat the Islanders four two Tuesday, and Yay. for tonight game two, the Montreal Canadiens beat the Golden Knights three two. So both series are now. Ha ha! Oh, you? <laughs> well, well. I, hey, hey, hey! I honestly thought the Islanders were going to take the game two. Um, how about this year? Game fours uh, – sorry, game threes, sorry. Game threes and fours will now be on the roads now, so Tampa Bay's heading to New York for two games, and Vegas is heading to Montreal for two games. So mm-hmm. Tampa Bay Lightning tomorrow night are the favorite money line, minus 148. Islanders are the plus 128 underdogs. Who's winning this game to you guys, the Islanders or the Lightning? Well, I don't see the – I don't see – Tampa Bay
3: getting a sweep, especially in New York, you know what I mean? I mean, they can't – I mean, they can skip a with one game. I don't think they can skip a two. So I'm going to go with the Islanders on this one. They're
2: going to have to play catch-up with this one. I'm going to say Islanders as well. Tavon?
3: Yeah.
2: Islanders. Okay. And for Friday's game, the Golden Knights-Canadians, that will be on at 8 o'clock against Friday night SmackDown. I probably won't be watching that game. I actually want to see SmackDown. Um, uh, Golden Knights are the favorite. So you want to watch more Night child abuse? abuse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, I want, well, I want to see if they're gonna give me the Cephiro Cesaro match at the Hell in a Cell. You know, I.
3: I mean, more likely that. if they do that match, be, it better not be on the kickoff show. It mm-hmm. better not. That'd be a disrespectful yeah. move, and I would be like spit on my TV screen.
2: Well, um. And then, of course, we got the Golden, um, Golden Knights. They're the money line favorite, minus 167 for God, Friday's man. game. Canadians are a plus 140 on the money line. I have got the Canadians taking Game Three. I'm just I got the Canadians too. And then you cannot, use I mean, you cannot count I mean, yeah, out the
3: fans in Canada when it comes to hockey. They are nuts. So no. well. Not only that, the
2: Canadians at home are definitely a, a better team. And and remember I've said this here before too. They've got five starters that have all been in the Stanley Cup or have won a Stanley Cup final. Eric Stahl, their captain of the two thousand six who's who was on the two thousand six Carolina Hurricanes is the captain for this team. So so definitely good stuff for the Canadians. You know, I definitely want to see the Canadians win game three and they definitely should win it. Um I say the Golden Knights still win the series, but I definitely see go I definitely see Canadians taking game three. Um and how about this here, though? So so now it's, you know, the Clippers 92-87, under 10 minutes to go in this game <laughs> so far. Uh, Paul George wow. right now has the ball right now at the moment. I'm watching this game literally live on – Brian Carson's in the XS.
3: turnover, though. He's putting in that defensive effort. He's been he's been a key consistent person in, in place of Devin Mitchell not playing well. Um, so – Let's hope that he can stop the turnovers that he's committing right now because that's going to be, you know, devastating for him. And they need to shut down Chris Paul right about now.
2: Well, well, well I'll tell you this here. Clippers in the fourth quarter with 8.43 to go. The Clippers are old of 6 shooting right now. Uh, one of three are the Jazz right now. Um, it's still 92-87 with 8.43 to go. Um I kind of just want to kind of go ahead and, like, just do a live stream of this game because this game is – Right. We might well, as anyway.
3: here. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: We're already three hours into the show. Yeah. Hey, Don Mitchell on no! the
3: right now. Well, yeah. the, you should have heard my reaction to the Hawks game in the background. I was like, oh, my God. Yo, close the gap. Close the gap. And of that when they closed the gap, I was like, yes. <laughs> but I had, my, I had my microphone on mute because I didn't want to hit I, I didn't want to hear my reaction that loud, so I was like, oh. I, well, I, well,
2: I, well, I, well, I will say, though, that like the last time, like I know that we did the show Monday and your sister was talking to you about bit emojis and stuff. You know, and I actually did enjoy like your sister in the background because I was like I was like, you know what? we we got some crowd noise. We kinda got like some crowd noise, you know? You know I, I did like that. I was like I was like, we got the crowd noise going, you know, so so I did like that, you know. Uh betting lines right now, if if you're betting on this game. <laughs> uh thank you. I'll tell you that. <laughs> My, minus one eighteen for the Clippers money line. Minus one oh six for the jazz money line. It's ninety four eighty nine now. 8.20 to go. Reggie Jackson just hit a shot, and uh, I believe they're at commercial at the moment because they keep showing this Reggie Jackson-like face, man, you know. no. Damn, 11
3: points, 3 for 10, 3 out of 8, 3 out of 8, 3 points, and 4 rebounds for Devin Mitchell. jeez. Yeah. I told you that
2: – and Patrick Beverly has not been playing that much. I, I know Patrick Beverly will be like, oh, Patrick Beverly should have done – Patrick Beverly is not – Patrick Beverly did not start. He was Terrence Mann, so – but, mm-hmm. it's 90, but it's not. But it's not for you. Um. Hey, getting into tomorrow night's game. You know, we haven't even mentioned this here. Brooklyn Nets, Milwaukee Bucks. It's um Brooklyn plus five and a half as the underdog in Milwaukee. Milwaukee's the favorite minus six. Um. What are you guys looking for? Do you think Brooklyn's taking this game six and we're um they're going to the Eastern Conference Finals, or do you think it's Milwaukee that's winning tomorrow night? I'm telling
3: you, man. Uh, I'm not going to go against your man, KD. I know that you hyped his ass up so hell a lot. <laughs> so, and me being the doubter, I was like, yeah, I don't know. And I was like, I- I'm very adamant about this because we've seen this kind of thing happen before and then that still doesn't get you to win and we do all that work and then your team still don't win, that means all that shit don't mean shit. So, I kind of thought about that theory, but you know, that theory didn't work out for me yesterday. So... Um, but they're playing back in wait oh, They're playing back in Milwaukee. But then again, if you're the boss, you gotta ask this question. Besides Andre Cooper and Milton, who's gonna be my third fucking scorer? I need another person that gave me a double double. Who's I, who, I, who, I would who's say Holiday, today? but Holiday's
2: not been playing great. Um, Byron Forbes <laughs> has not been playing great. And that's John the Jake. most difficult question that they got. You don't have that much people.
3: So. I, at this I
2: juncture. Was get, oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll go say at this
3: juncture, I'm going to have to go with your easy money sniper. The easy money sniper, KD, going for the another performance of his lifetime. If and only if both Kyrie and James Harden are out, and they're, both of them are out, you, you have a similar performance as you just did with game five. Gary Dante
2: I will say this here, James Harden does not have two bad games in a row. He was one of ten five points last game. Harden's going to come out and have at least 25 and ten. Yeah, so but stupid, Brooklyn's definitely winning this point. game. Yeah. yeah, I've got the that plus five points, so... Exactly, but, but this time James Harden's not going to have a bad game. He's not so. going to. I just don't see him having two bad games in a row like that. Um, Tavon, what about you? What do you think?
5: Yeah, next Nets. Nets win this one.
2: Uh, you know, after uh, you know last night though, I did do a quick then it was a locker room. It's not called locker room no more, it's called, it's called Spotify Green Room. But last night I did do a quick show. Just a 15-minute show, and I reviewed the Kevin Durant game, you know, and I was I put I put Kevin Durant over. I gave him his roses, I gave him his flowers, I gave him his bouquet, you know. I, you know, I will say this here though. You know, Kevin Durant the shooting, you know, and I and I will admit, I will admit, if Durant if Durant was healthy off season, he really would have been the MVP. He honestly would have been. I I know I know that I know Blackheart was really disagreeing with me, and some people in the in his group chat were like, like, let's chill out, you know, like. But I'm serious, When I mean, You're putting up 49, 17, and 10 on like, what 18 of 23 in 48 minutes.
3: we've we seen previous you know, people doing that, though.
2: That's all that we uh, were seeing in the group.
3: That's all that we were no, saying no, in the no, group no, because, no. as I said to you before, majority of us are older than you, so we've seen a lot more than what you just experienced last night. That's all that we were saying. I know,
2: I know, but but also, but also, so I was like,
3: like, no, am like, no, 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 let's have this moment.
2: But yeah, but, moment. But, but yeah, but uh, Tavon, 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 I, I wish you you were on the locker room last night, man, because that shit was like funny as hell. Oh my,
5: I. Yeah, I, prob- I, I kind of did want it to come, but it was like, wait, I thought Zach said that there wasn't going to be a show until next Thursday, so it's
2: like... I. But, well, I, well that was the whole point. Tonight wasn't supposed to be no show neither, and Blackheart so, said, you know what, man, we really got to do a show. There was a lot of NBA news, and there really
3: was. No, listen to There was a I lot of NBA it, news you know. that happened since yeah. earlier this morning, so you're like, what the fuck's going on? And exactly, then, me yeah. and my cousin, we was talking and shit like that, and then that's why it kind of blossomed, and I'm like, you know what? And then I told, and then I told, I told him about, I told him about the podcast and So I was talking about what we were talking about and shit like that. And then he was intrigued. So and then he does his own podcast too. So, but his kind of like didn't full wishing for tonight and shit like that. I'm like, yo, we might go try to just jump in and jump in with us. That's how it happened.
2: Exactly, because because I was gonna just say let's do it just like really late at night and then and then like no no and then I was like you know what yeah you're right like we could just go ahead and do it now, and and definitely that, and and I was just like, I said, you know, because I was like thinking about it, I was like, like, wait, why just add up all this news, like let's just go ahead and get into it now, so that way tomorrow we don't have that much of news to get into, because remember Sunday, after, you know, after the pay-per-view, we're going to be doing the Hell in a Cell, as long as there's no bad weather inclements, you know, and if there isn't, you know, we're definitely going to be doing the Hell in a Cell post-show, because we definitely got to... Get into that, you know, and then, of course, Saturday, we've got Dynamite and SmackDown to review, you know, and so the good news is, though, I'm off from my job this weekend, so so Saturday and Sunday, I'm definitely good, and then Monday, I only work three hours, so right after, I can go to sleep and get some rest easily, so so definitely, because um, cause, cause, uh, ho- hopefully, hopefully, if I can get into, like, that rhythm of watching Raw live, Man, I'll tell you what, man, we can be doing raw live shows um every Monday, you know. So I just saw this great Geico commercial, um, of a gymnastic, you know, literally just like like flying onto like the ceiling to catch like a frisbee and the dude throws it right back, so
5: <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm
2: seeing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um I don't even know what her name was. What what was her name? Um Wasn't it
5: Michaela?
2: Yeah, something like that, man. Like um I'm gonna search up on Google Olympics funny face. Cause, cause she got that. Cause she got that funny face. She does that face on purpose. It's like a meme or something. Um, what's her name, man? What? Oh, Michaela Maroni, I think. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Michaela Maroni. I got it right. I actually, got it right, guys. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that bitch fine as hell, man. I'm sorry. That bitch fine as hell.
5: Yeah, she is. Twenty
2: five <laughs> years old too. 25. That's what I'm talking about, boy. That's what I'm talking about, man. I, man, I definitely, man, I definitely. Um, what you call it?
5: Oh, yeah, Michaela, Michaela Marone.
2: Yep, fine as hell too, man. Damn. You know, you know. Shout out to Geico for that commercial. Um, hey, and hey, guess who we've got coming in? We've got a special guest. It's for Blackheart as well. You know he doesn't know all of the Pokemon theme, and he doesn't catch them all. But his name is Ash. Ash, what's up, man? What's up? What's up? Oh my god!
1: Oh my god! guys, like the green room. Yeah, yeah.
2: Oh, god, I mean man. the green room I,
3: kind of threw us man. off
1: earlier, man.
2: <laughs> well, I didn't even know about this shit till like I was like doing like an Apple update, and I was like, "What the hell?" I was like. So what the hell is a Spotify green room? I'm like, but hey, we all in it now, you know. Ash, I'm, I'm sorry if I kept bombarding you with like notifications. I was like trying to notify you to like get the hell in here. Like, I don't know if you got like all those notifications. I said, Oh, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I was in so many rooms. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> I was yeah. just trying to see, yeah, because there was so much stuff yo,
3: yo,
1: I, for real. I was like, sure. like yeah, when we were looking
3: at the whole thing earlier today, we was like. Yo, there's so much fucking rooms in here that like, you can get lost in this bitch. You guys, yeah, yeah, just to try and find anyone that just started a
2: brand new room. This shit just like, this shit was like ridiculous. Exactly, and and now we're eclipsing the three hour mark of our keeping it two hundred show episode twenty six. I want to go <clears> ahead <throat> and actually, and 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 you know, since you know, since we're doing this live stream of this game, it's. 100 to 91 Clippers, Utah, 633 to go. Rudy Gobert's at the free throw line. So, oh. so so, so, this is boring television right now as we speak. <laughs> but since we're at yeah. boring television, I figured, you know, last night I actually threw in my very first ad on keeping it 200. And we're going to actually go back and do this again tonight. Um, did you know that the NBA store.com will be giving out 32% off um, all merchandise in store only if a player grabs a triple double sponsored by American Express um, hashtag um, get Amerex. so definitely want to give a shout out to the NBA store for and give a shout out to American Express for giving me my very first advertisement on keeping it 200 so hopefully more advertisements more to come so, but that, but but since we were at the Rudy Gobert free throw line, I I figured I figured it'd probably have been best, you know, to go ahead and shut that out. So I, I, I did, I did because, because that was like the best. I don't time. blame you, yeah. It, 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 because, because like no one ain't trying to like see no Rudy Gobert at the free throw line. Um, I, hey, I, Ash, Giannis
1: I, is worse. Giannis he, he has like the slowest release. It's like he's yes. never gonna shoot that. Free Dude,
2: throw. even Travis Scott was making fun of him last night. Did you see that?
1: Yeah. Yo. Um.
2: <laughs> And, and and Ash, I actually um actually was doing stuff today, man. I saw a little bit of the Euro twenty twenty one cup. Oh, I know that, yes. I know. I know it's going to be on at nine a.m. tomorrow on ESPN. Let's but go! I to ask, but I wanted to ask you this here because you are the soccer fan and stuff, yeah. And you know, I, and I'm actually going to give you this platform on keeping it two hundred. Um, for who do you think is actually going to win the twenty twenty one cup it, it, right now? According to betters, France is the favorite plus 390, Belgium 650, England plus 650, Italy, who I have as my favorite. Yo, Italy is a sleeper
1: team. Yes, Italy. I, I've got
2: Italy too. I've said Italy plus plus. I was
1: telling people before the tournament started. I was telling because they have a lot of um, nice young talent.
2: Yes. Uh, I, I will say this here. Italy just looks like the team to me. They have the fourth-best odds to win. Um, Spain has got the sixth-best odds. That's my team, team. yeah,
1: Spain. But but Spain, I feel like the thing with Spain is, like, they're a good team, but but they're not as great
2: as they once were. Yeah. Um, We're going to actually go into the Euro 2021 um, standings so far in this. Italy leads Group A with two wins, zero draws, zero losses. They have six points. Wales is second right behind them with four points. They have one win, one um, draw, zero losses. Yep, yep. Switzerland um, right now needs some help. Um, And then Belgium is leading Group B. They have one win, um, three points. Russia has got one win, one loss. They have three points. Group C is Austria. Um, they're leading it, and Neverlands has three points as well. Group D is the Stritz Republic and England. And Group E, Slovakia, three points. And Group F, um, who I actually think will actually be um, Portugal actually making it out of Group F. I don't oh, yeah. have France. I, I actually have I actually have Portugal beating um this year. Um, I, I do have to ask you this year, Ash. Who do you think is actually going to be the disappointment of the group of uh, all these groups? The disappointment. Um, I I don't know. I feel like
1: England is going to disappoint for some reason. Like England has a good team, but that's a tough group though. But um, yeah, I think England might disappoint.
2: I don't know. I will say though, you know, to me, the team that looks like they actually could be like the just could be Russia, um, because Russia, you know, to me, they just look like they might be the disappointment, man. I honestly think that because, um, you know, you know, goals, you know, they've already given up three goals. Yeah. You know, and they and they still like that. to me. I don't. I think Russia's gonna be like the one. Um, I would say like Finland, but you know, people really ain't like really on Finland's boat and all this and. Um, never, uh, you know, it, it, and it could be the, and yeah, so it's definitely going to be, it's definitely going to be Russia to me. Definitely to me. Um, but definitely though, as far as matches today went though, today, um, we had in the group stage match two out of three, we had Russia beat Finland one nothing. We had yeah. Wales win two nothing over Turkey, Italy, Switzerland. That was the game I saw.
1: Yeah, that's the only game I saw too. Me too, yeah.
2: me too. And then today at 9 a.m. we're having Ukraine North Macedonian. Um, we have Denmark, Belgium at twelve, three o'clock. Neverlands versus Austria, and that that will be the games. And then that's for Friday, Sweden, Slovakia, and Croatia, St- oh, Republic, England, Scotland. And then Saturday, you know, we're not getting into that yet. But yeah, um, they play Saturday. Yeah, I know that they play yep. Poland. Yep, yep, three p.m. Yeah. Um. But tomorrow, though, you know, as far as you know, bets are concerned, let's go. Let's go ahead and go to the batting lines and everything for this tomorrow. And we're gonna get Tavon and Ash. Um. We're gonna get Tavon and Blackheart to start talking about this here a little bit. Um. Ukraine versus North. Um. Matt Deron, it's Ukraine at minus 155 as the favorite, a plus 286 tie. And North is the underdog, plus 475. So, guys, who do you like? So who do you like tomorrow? I'd like a tie. I'm actually going to go tie, plus 286.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, with a tie too, for some weird reason, for some weird reason. I mean, I don't, I don't like ties. But we're gonna get a tie out of one of these games. And I'm just I just I'm gonna get a tie mm. the, the reason,
2: the reason I say that is because when you saw the game um, Sunday against the Neverlands, they lost three two. Ukraine did. And yeah. North only put up one goal a, in the a loss to Austria when I mean, Austria beat them three one. So I actually see this game going to actually be like I, I feel this game is going to be like one one for like a, a draw. It's just yeah. going to be a one one draw.
1: Yeah, they're not a good team, so yeah, I see a uh, I see a tie. Yeah,
2: uh, D- Denmark, Belgium. Denmark Belgium. is the plus three thirty. As the fit um and the Belgium is plus one hundred four, the tie is plus two hundred fifteen. I'm actually going to take um Denmark plus three thirty tomorrow. Okay, yeah, I got Belgium on that one. I got Denmark. Who's the favorite? Uh, it's actually Belgium at plus one
3: hundred four. We get Belgium
2: off. About this year, though, a hundred dollar bet if Denmark wins pays out four hundred and thirty dollars. Be- without
1: Kevin De Bruyne,
2: but but Belgium's got got weapons, so I could see them winning like two nothing. That's what I actually was gonna say, two nothing. Um, Denmark. Um, but a hundred dollar bet though on Denmark if they win, four hundred and thirty dollar payout. They could about all that money. Um. And then Netherlands-Austria is the 3 p.m. game tomorrow. Netherlands is the favorite, minus 180, a tie at plus 325, and plus 500, Austria. Um, I actually like Austria in the upset.
3: Mm.
2: I like Austria in the upset, man. I, I don't know why. I just do. That's a toughie for me. Oh. I don't know. I don't, I don't know with that one. Here's the reason why I say that Austria is just the favorite to me, because Neverland's one three two against the Ukraine, but they won yeah. three two against the Ukraine, and, and that and that's like kind of like a little worrisome to me.
1: Yeah, it is because Netherlands they should be doing better than that.
2: With exactly. the team they have Exactly and I believe it and and wasn't it at one point like it was it looked like it was gonna be a draw between these two in yeah. the game. So 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 no, um I got Austria plus the five hundred, you know, plus five hundred on a one hundred dollar bet pays out six hundred, so so definitely though. You know, uh, Ash, I wanted to ask you this here, though, you know, since since you're here, you know, we we talked about so much NBA stuff today, but we've never got any of your opinions on anything. Uh, Stan Van Gundy was fired after one year with the New Orleans Pelicans, the 31-41 record. And, you know, what was your thoughts, you know, on the firing? You know, because, you know, he only had one season with Zion and this is the Pel and this will be the Pelicans third coach in two years.
1: Yeah, that's terrible for them. Um I don't I wonder who they're going to get. It should be interesting, but I mean that team they're so young, they 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 could be decent next year. I don't know. Cuz who knows if Lonzo gets traded or we don't we don't know what's going to happen. But Yeah, I I just think yeah that sucks. You know, they can't happens. They haven't found a steady coach for that time.
2: Yeah, I will say this here, the Pelicans last year under Stan Van Gundy had fourteen games where they lost by three points or less. So whoever they get as a head coach needs to be able to teach them how to
1: Close you know, out, shut
2: yeah. close out games. Yeah, definitely in yeah. these last two minutes because that's definitely going to be the big issue. So that's definitely going to be the the big issue going forward. Uh Right now, it's one hundred five, one hundred Clippers yep. in the third quarter with three twenty three to go, and it's you know it's how about like them 100. Hawks though? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes! Uh, oh, my goodness. We got into the debate on that show tonight. Oh, my
1: goodness. Oh, man, Black uh,
2: Blackheart, if you actually want to talk about the um, burying Ben Simmons, bury him all you want, The floor is Bury you. him. Yes, bury I
3: can. Him. that motherfucker as soon
1: as the as soon as the season is over. Can you Should bury be Joel Embiid too? Because he, he was shooting free throws like Giannis, bro. <laughs> I mean, listen, man,
3: if you are the Philadelphia 76ers, you're gonna try to keep and be, but you're getting rid of Ben Simmons first. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's only gonna be that type of common sense when now when it comes to this, it's like, bro, we need someone that can hit these fucking free throws in the clutch. And we can't put Ben Simmons in that in that motion. Like, bar none, no. They just can't. So, yes, I'm gonna bury him the same way how Triple H said bury Booker T at WrestleMania 19. Oh. I'm still mad about that, bro. <laughs> me too. So believe me, I know how the fuck that felt. I didn't want to ask.
2: I did, ask I did, I did hey, want to ask you this. What, what your ad- ad- on the WWE documentary where they didn't even cover that? Trash. Oh yeah. They trash. No, A and E
1: doesn't cover. A and E doesn't but, but cover. I've been watching a couple A and Es. They don't cover. It. Then they cut it. <laughs>
3: Like come on man, like that's trash, bro. Like you didn't even
1: document that. But yeah, somehow, but yeah, somehow, way so you want to try to get everything to fuck off, please. I missed, I missed the WWE Network because at least when, when they had documentaries, like some of those documentaries on the network was just so rip good.
2: Yeah. I, would just know I did, yeah. But you know. what But you know, I didn't understand though about the A and E documentary on Booker T. They covered the part where he said the N word about Hulk Hogan. But they wouldn't cover about the Triple H stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. I don't know. That that didn't make a that didn't make any that, sense yeah. to me. I'm like yeah. I'm, I'm I'm like you guys just ignored that because you just made Booker T look bad. They swept this, sweat, this,
3: BS, this sweat, that BS under the rug fast, and that made no damn sense. The same way how we all said about the Ultimate Warriors um, 80, uh a a documentary that like, ew like no you can't bring outside people like that who don't even know what the fuck guy.
2: You know what I found funny about the A&E documentary of Ultimate Warrior was – and it's not funny, but it is funny to me and might be to you guys. But there was – Ultimate Warrior was a dickhead to this one kid, and this one kid's dad owned a television station that Vince had wrestling on, and Vince told Ultimate Warrior, you got to apologize for this. And they showed the video clip of Ultimate Warrior crying because he did not want to apologize to this kid, and Vince is literally going to him behind the camera saying, it's just to work. All you gotta do is just say you're sorry and don't mean it. <laughs> like I was like, I said this motherfucker really just said, like, oh yeah, fucking kid, man, I, I, I just like, just like thank apologize. I was like,
0: so Fuck he took it. Ultimate
2: Warrior, It really took Ultimate <laughs> Warrior's breath to really not, not apologize. He's like, man, I really don't even want to apologize, and, and he was getting upset as hell about it. And then, and then I liked how Dana Warrior said, well, he grew up and he watched Rush Limbaugh. I'm like. That don't mean nothing. I'm like, right. she's like, I, I'm like, I'm like, you really just said that, like, like that was okay. Like, oh well, he watched Rush Limbaugh. Like, you know, that don't, that, that don't, that don't mean that you gotta be a sick person, though. I'm like, so I, I did have to ask you this here, Blackheart. Which one did you think was better, the A and E documentary or the Dark Side of the Ring one?
3: Dark know, Side of the ring, ring, no fucking question. The AW the A, the A and E shit is just overall trash. The only guy the people that they wanted to fantasize the most, Stone Cold. Steve and shit like that. They and they'll say and built them up the right way. But yeah, but coming to all these other ones, no. They don't give a shit about that.
2: Yeah, but yeah, but on the Stone Cold one, they didn't even mention the um Stone Cold like um arrest, you know, for the domestic assault that he had on his ex wife Deborah. They
3: you see say, why I,
2: I said yeah, that. yeah, yeah, they didn't <laughs> They
3: handpick, they the hand yeah. side the of like Cradle, whichever one that, I mean, that, that they want the most good views of compared to the other ones. Period. Mm-hmm. That's why with Dark Side in the Ring, you can't be mad at that because, yeah, no one talks about the dark side of professional wrestling like that. It all documented the good, but never the bad. At least we get to see the other side of what people realistically go through. Did they,
1: did like they that. mention anything like on the Shawn Michaels? stuff or
2: I never saw the Shawn Michaels one, but I'm pretty sure that the Shawn Michaels one had a lot to do with the Montreal and Brett shit. Yeah. I'm ninety nine percent sure about that. Um I I, I did I did want to um like there was something that I thought the only one that was actually like brutally honest and was actually like the best one was the Mick Foley one. Because that was the only one that they actually got right. To me they did. You know the Bret Hart one is so you know to me to me the Bret Hart this is my thing about it I've already seen the one about the Montreal screw job on dark side yeah but Mick Foley's was the best one in my opinion I did think it was the best one I did think it was the best one I didn't I even know that he went to college with Kevin James I didn't even know that you know so' like, oh, yes yeah. so so, so, so there's actually some interesting stuff that I actually like to see about that. How about this here though? Playoff history: teams that win Game Five of a two when they're up in this tie two-two of best of seven win the series 82.6% of the time. That's 176 to 37, and the Clippers are up 110 uh-huh. 106 two minutes to go in the fourth quarter.
1: Yep. Yeah, Paul George
2: just hit a shot right now. Yep. Yeah, this
1: yeah.
3: yep. This is the Paul George that we needed to see. Yep. This was We've been, the Paul with mm-hmm. the played RP. That as I said. He must have heard give you. Get him you know? back to the end of the Pacers. Paul George and then they might actually have a survivor chance. And, and give
2: Chris yeah. And
1: now Chris Paul got protocols.
2: Exactly. Oh, yeah, oh, Ten to fourteen that, days that. for uh, health and safety.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> now that now saying? that was sad.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: I will, I right. will say that, I will say this year, Paul George in the second half hasn't, you know, been like he hasn't had wow, like, as Mitchell's many like shots terrible.
0: made
2: yeah i will say this, Paul George in the first half had way better shooting on the 9 of 14 22 points in the second half he's he hasn't he's only had now four field goal attempts made out of 8 so but Paul George you know now he's going for 35 now and yep he's got 35 so it's now 113 106 buck 48 to go so that's all um wrestling history today uh, June 16, 2013 was WWE Payback. Do you guys remember that pay-per-view?
1: Payback 2016. Was that no, when th- AJ th- lost to Roman?
2: No, no, no. It was uh, Payback 2013, June 16th. Oh, oh, oh I haven't actually, seen that one. Oh,
1: 2013.
2: Oh. Um, it, I can actually tell you guys because this yeah, is yeah, one tell of my favorite me. pay-per-views. Um, the main event was um, John Cena versus Ryback in a oh, three, yeah. stages of hell. three
1: stages okay, of hell. Okay, I remember. Yeah, yep, yep. So and
2: AJ Lee defeated Caitlyn to win the Divas Championship that she would hold for over 300 days. Wow, that's so, a my fact. yeah, yeah. So I actually, so this is actually, and to me, this is actually my favorite pay per view. Actually, <laughs> one of my favorite pay per views ever. It Actually, is I actually love this on um, pay per view. Um, I ever mean, it. it, 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 it well, it's not my favorite pay-per-view ever. It's one of my favorite pay-per-views in general. Because, oh, okay. Um, and, and it was actually like the first pay-per-view that actually I watched fully when I got back into wrestling in 2012. Um, but I really loved – but I really loved this. I loved AJ Lee, Caitlin because Caitlyn, Punk
1: I, and
2: Jericho I, 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 too for it. yeah yeah Jericho CM Punk yep it was uh, the match they actually had a really good match they had uh, a good really feud
1: good. yeah I, I enjoyed their feud yeah
2: uh, but the Caitlyn AJ Lee stuff I def, I definitely loved because I was actually I had actually the biggest crush on Caitlyn when she was in WWE so oh okay yep nice. uh, Celeste Bonnie yep I still love Celeste Bonnie still I met
1: her yeah I met her at a show. And Poughkeepsie. Oh, wow, this, this was when like Bri- Brian and Kane were like tag a uh, tag team. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah team, team Hell No. 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 Yeah. Team Hell No. Yeah. And I met yeah. a few wrestlers that that show. I met Randy Orton. who was cool.
2: Yeah, wow. and, yeah, and and also on the same card on Payback 2013. Daniel Bryan and Randy Orton took on two members of the Shield for the WWE Tag Team Championships.
1: Oh wow! Yeah. Early Roman days. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Roman. Um, what else? Wasn't yeah, full fledged um, oh, yet. Yeah, yeah. It was. Um, yeah, because it was Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. They beat Daniel Bryan and Randy Orton, and they were called RK No because Daniel Bryan was going by No at that time. Yeah. And it was actually the pay per view where. Um, Alberto Del Rio turned into a piece of garbage because um, they actually tried to. For some reason, Dolph Ziggler turned babyface, but in the midst of turning babyface, they literally portrayed Dolph Ziggler having another concussion. So yeah, Dolph and, and Alberto Del Rio beat Dolph. And concussion I loved when and It was a,
1: it was such a shame like that. Yeah,
5: when Dolph were cashed in,
1: yeah. Like, like that night was like the fans went crazy that night when he cashed in on, on on Del Rio.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. and and um the opening match was Curtis Axel defeating Wade Barrett and the Miz for the Intercontinental Championship to retain, um with Paul Heyman at the time. So, um I actually liked that match. I, I really did. Um, that was actually one of my favorite openers that I've ever seen too. So I don't know why it was one of my favorite shows to just watch though. It's it, it's still like one of my favorite shows. To you
1: just on. watched it recently?
2: Um, I actually did. I actually did. Um, and I did like it. I still do. You know, it still holds up. So, um, also on this day, June sixteenth, two thousand three, in Dallas, Texas co-general manager Stone Cold Steve Austin encourages the fans to chant boring during Lance Storm's match against Garrison Cade. <laughs> Austin I a, a, had too. A and uh, his
3: uh, into a microphone. Bro <laughs> bro. <laughs> oh. This is the worst
2: burial of a wrestler I've ever seen in my entire life. That is the worst burial of a poor
3: wrestler. I, yo, I literally was crying every time Stone Cold came out and then he sat in that chair and then he laid down on the ramp like, bro. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> the other disrespect
5: is I,
2: I, 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 Billy I, Gunn I, being the first victim of,
5: it doesn't matter what your name is.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, at least with that, you could at least survive <laughs> But poor Lance Storm did never survive after this. I mean, like people say, oh, well, this was to give Lance Storm more personality. Lance Storm did funny segments with Goldust. Yeah, he did funny segments with Goldust, but it didn't get Lance Storm anywhere else. I mean, mean, yeah, he was a babyface, but he wasn't even respected as a babyface no more. And Molly Holly, I remember in one of those stupid segments with Lance Storm and Goldust, he got slapped in the face by Molly Holly. So, yeah, so, I, so, so, no, like, people people say, like, this is, like, where Storm, like, got the funny segments. No, Storm did not get no funny segments and shit, man. Storm was, Storm got fucking buried after this, man. Like, they literally told you Storm had no confidence and shit after that.
5: Or they basically just told you that Storm wasn't
2: a main event player.
1: And Edge, Edge, too, made his debut. On, on June 16th. Yeah, he did, 1998.
2: 1998,
1: yeah. Wow,
3: Jesus! That was Like eight years old when he did. You no, know, actually, no, he did. He I was did,
2: like, seven. No, I was. Yeah, I was like five. Yeah, I like, was two years old. I was literally two years old, so I don't even remember any of that. But damn. But but yeah, but yeah, I I was yeah because yeah, um, yep. So that so um. Also there also one day ago was the 20 year anniversary of Kobe Bryant the iconic photo of yep. him holding the trophy in upset um so that and that was when the Lakers beat the Philadelphia 76ers in 5 to win Kobe's second championship ring in his hometown of Philadelphia and 2 days ago was the 12 year anniversary of Kobe Bryant winning his fourth NBA championship when they beat the Orlando Magic in 5 it is my favorite NBA moment ever in my whole entire life because it's Kobe's first ring without check. Kobe wins the finals MVP. Kobe averages, I believe, like, what, 38 in that series against Orlando? Um and and also it is and also ESPN called it Purple Rain with Rain spelled R G I N. R. E. I. G. N as um Kobe literally won it and it's also known as now one of it's gonna probably go down as probably the most iconic NBA moments ever because it's also where Kobe and Gianna kissed the finals trophy together and everything. So um so yeah, definitely definitely great stuff right there. Um, but that was actually – that's actually my favorite moment though, Kobe against the Orlando Magic winning that. I loved every bit of that. And Kobe in that series averaged 32 points a game, uh, seven assists, five rebounds, over – uh, close to two steals, two blocks on 43% shooting, 36% from the field. Um, so yeah. Um, but great stuff right there. Great stuff right there. Um great stuff. And it – and and it's definitely now the Clippers are definitely going to be winning Game 5. Game 6 is heading to L.A. Friday night. Um, oh, no. The Clippers are up 116-108 in the fourth quarter with 20 seconds to go. It's over for the Jazz in this game here. Um, well. Wow. Yeah. Hey, hey Hey, I will say this here. Paul George. And I said this here early in the show. He needed to come out and have it a Kevin Durant type game. Paul George threw up 37. Yep. And he got the and he got the help that he needed. Paul George 37 points, 16 rebounds, five assists, one steal, two blocks. On fifty-four percent shooting. So and Marcus Moore senior with twenty-four, Reggie Jackson with twenty, Donovan that, Mitchell tw- twenty-one points, six of eighteen. From the field, Baldanovich had 29, and those were the only two players that had over 20 in this game. Well, now he got 32. He just shot a three. Well, when well now it so Friday night we've got two games on tap. We've got two wrestling shows on tap. So so Saturday we're definitely going to be having another probably about another three hour show because we've got two wrestling shows
1: yep. and two
2: NBA games to review because. 10 p.m. We've got the Jazz Clippers, um, and on Friday in 7:30, Sixers Hawks. Yeah, Hawks, the are Hawks have a chance
1: to put them away.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And tomorrow night, and tomorrow night though, we're going to be having a live uh, post game show of Brooklyn. Um, Milwaukee. No matter what happens, if it goes to Game Seven or not, so so yeah. definitely, so definitely going to be as long as there's no bad weather increments, Because because I will say this here, the weather here, if there is slight rain, I tell you this here, that Wi-Fi of mine is going to go the fuck out. I don't know why, but Spectrum does not play about that shit for some reason.
3: So <laughs> and it's supposed to be weather. Restrained. So now so now
2: I have to um, now say Wi-Fi. like weather inclement might stop. Me. <laughs> I might. <laughs> So but definitely though, um but um are your guys' thoughts on this game on this game five victory for the Clippers? This um, was a great display for the Clippers, okay? This
3: yeah. was a great display for Paul George yep. with thirty two points. Uh Nick Batum played uh, Nick Batum played his part. But everyone technically played their part now that they knew that Ky I mean that Kawhi wasn't coming into game five and I mean I don't know if this is the true um, exclamation point to Kawhi and that this that he's done for the season. We haven't gotten official word of it yet. So we don't not know how severe this torn ACL really is. And we don't really, we do even really know if it really is a torn A C L to its fullest extent. So we can't really depend on half of these news that have been displayed and run and run with it. So I'm going to give it some doubt. I'm going to give it maybe like a day or two. Let's just see what happens because if they get that word, that, I mean, that Leonard is not coming back, that Dallas is on their own, I do not know what's going to happen in the Western Conference Finals. I do not know what the hell's going to happen because now CP3, and I'm surprised I don't know if anyone else, Um, either, 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 either they got vaccinated or they came close to CP, we don't know the other, um, the other circumstances that hasn't been released yet. So I'm gonna try to give a benefit of the doubt here. So um, it's just stagnant, but they shut down Devin Mitchell. That's the first thing, and he was having an off night anyway. But they put in more pressure on stop him for being that facilitator, so everyone else had to step up too. But that wasn't enough, and then you got the turnover situation with Jordan Clarkson, another uh, another problem. So, um,
2: yeah, they really let this one go. 14 seconds to go now. And 116-111. I'm very shocked at Mitchell. Well, Marcus Morris at the free throw line. He's already missed one of two. He's going for that second one. He makes it. It's 117-111, 14. Man, one, six four, seconds to go. So, I guess Mitch is going to try and throw up one more. He aired. Nope, that's aired. Yep, that's that's aired. Dun, dun,
3: dun, dun, dun. <laughs> hey,
2: how, how did you guys
1: feel about Joe?
3: <laughs> so, what was Joe coming back?
1: Yeah. Twitter uh, was going nuts.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we. Yeah. Were just, I God mean, was I was, and, and I was happy for him, and we all kind of yeah. heard with Triple H didn't like how they, WWE had released him, and they had to, he had to get it back quick. So that says a lot about how he, what, how his view of the talent oh, is, yeah. view of the talent. So you're gonna see. I mean, I just want to see a power struggle between Vince and Triple H to see what the fuck just happened. I just wanted to see that. I just wanted to see who's really going to take Triple H's side and who's, and who's going to take Vince's side.
2: Yeah. I- I'm getting ready to go to the bathroom real quick. So you guys just keep the conversation going. I'll be right Yeah, I love that stare down he
1: had with Cross, though. I was like, because yeah. I, I was thinking, mm-hmm. I was like, yo, him and Cross, that would be a sick match. Joe's going to kill you Joe's <laughs> going to kill <laughs> you Yo when
3: they yo, when they started that in the back I was like I was like yo like, no, I might like, yeah, need y'all to give me that mask now but I'ma wait I'ma wait I'ma chill no I'm gonna yeah yeah you. we
1: definitely gotta wait for that you know what I'm saying like don't give us awards that quickly nope. for WrestleMania. yeah we don't want it that'd be at great no American bash you know we want this at a we <laughs> want to add like a real pay-per-view a real pay per
2: view, you know. Yeah, I just got back from washing my hands and everything. So, uh, Clippers still up 117, 117 seconds ago. But, but yes, the Great American Bash still main event will be July 6th. Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, one on one. Um, Kyle O'Reilly did win the first one with the unsanctioned match, but who do you think should win the second match? Um, O'Reilly or Cole?
1: I'm gonna go Cole. I I'm yeah, gonna too. go with Cole.
2: I, mean, I, I gotta think
1: go Cole O'Reilly. O'Reilly.
3: O'Reilly needs oh, to win. Well, Kyle. Yeah, Kyle. Kyle needs to win because didn't he <laughs> lost that uh, unsanctioned match against Cole last time?
1: I
5: believe O'Reilly won. No, I
1: think Kyle won the last one. Yeah, yeah
2: Kyle O'Reilly won the unsanctioned Yeah, one. He, did.
1: he won the unsanctioned Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Mm. I'm I'm going with Old Riley. I mean, yeah, Kyle is the younger guy. You know, he's still they still gotta build them up more. Yeah, because I feel like eventually Cole's gonna have to get called up. Eventually. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I I definitely agree. And now that um the shows are going back on the road, you know, they do need some fresh races on SmackDown and Raw. You know, they're to yeah. need some fresh races. Um, Jazz now going to go ahead and the final score is going to be 119 111. Clippers no! win this game. They are up three games to two. Steve Ballmer breathing heavily. Um, now that the Clippers got a chance to go ahead and win game six in L- no! LA, I got to ask you this, guy, I got to ask you this, this here. Who do you think is winning game six? Um, Clippers or Jazz? Clippers, I have no faith in Jazz no more. Yeah, Clippers are closing it out. Clippers,
5: it's finally time for them to finally make their first ever conference finals.
1: I know, right? <laughs> it's, yeah. been, it's been. A Ain't years. that something? <laughs>
3: Ain't yeah, that Clippers something.
2: In, in Clippers in their fifty-year franchise have never made it, made it um to a conference finals. They've always made. They've always had a game seven oh, for the God, conference close. semis. Yeah. At, at least three times, but now. They have a chance to go ahead and win this. Oh, three, I would be shocked if the Clippers did not win game six. If they, if they don't, don't win game six, then I don't think they'll win at all.
1: Yeah, they got to
2: they gotta close out. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so – and they don't
3: close out close this, is- I'm laughing at them. I'm smoking on that Clipper pack, and they lose the next two games.
1: Yo, Blackheart, do you have any Kemba trades for me? I've, I've been thinking about these Kemba. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, man. I mean –
3: uh I mean I don't at the very moment, but there's a couple of them that I might think about tomorrow. So if anything, when we do the second part, I guess I you know think by then. But uh, right now,
2: yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. Well well speaking of wrapping up, I think it is time for all of us to wrap up keeping it two hundred. So of course you you know know, it's real simple, about, you know you know you know one thing about me on keeping it two hundred. Everybody's got their 200 topics, so we're gonna start from Tavon and Ash and Blackheart down. So Tavon, do you got anything to add to the 200 night of the moment sponsored by Miller Lite? Go ahead, go.
5: Um. Yeah. Sure. So. Yeah. Earlier we were talking about Michaela, Rony, um, and I, and and I just saw this, and I was just. Scrolling through the images and I see this article from the blast and it says gymnast Michaela Moroni caught in late night towel man malfunction. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> oh my gosh.
2: Yo, yo put that put that link in the article put that link in the um thing real quick in our chat room real quick. Yeah,
5: sure. Because like when I, I, I was just because we were just singing and <laughs> I that thing was just funny. <laughs>
2: Ash, do you got anything for the Keeping It 200 moment of the night sponsored by Mill and Blake?
1: Um, well, tomorrow's Copa America, too. I'm excited for that. Um, Bre- Brazil's going to be playing Peru tomorrow night, so it should be interesting, that game. We'll just... what about
3: you? Um, Jesus, um, all I got to say is, don't believe the hype, don't believe the news It's all propaganda bullshit They're trying to scare you
2: Just keep your eyes open for the truth Stay wolf And for my keeping it 200 Moment of the night, I actually want to Actually send a shout out to my best friend In North Carolina Who I've not seen in a very long time Um, um I love you I'm Definitely thinking of you And I hope you're doing good, my friend um, I love you and yeah, you know, keeping it um lovey dovey on this. <laughs> but um definitely though. Um I will say this here one thing about her, she she's always definitely very supportive of my podcast and everything like that and always tells me I'm going to become big and make something out of this and that's always my goal is to always come out and be the best goddamn content creator known to man um i just i'm, I'm laughing right now because because uh, tavon sent me this funny thing so yeah caught in like the, where did tavon even find this at where did like, he even I, find I, like this? i
5: googled her name and <laughs> and i was just scrolling through the images and then i just found it. it's like <laughs> it's like of course of course.
2: <laughs> no, um, no. Well, anyways, though, so, um, that's all for keeping it 200. How about this here? How about we close out the show with uh, Mixed Personalities by YWN Millie? Anybody got a problem with that? Nope. nope. All okay. right. Well, tomorrow night we will be back as long as there's no bad weather. Brooklyn Nets, Milwaukee Bucks, live right after the game. There's no live streaming. It'll be right after this game, and we're going to break down all the box scores and the details and everything. And we're going to be talking about either Kevin Durant was an easy money sniper or KD literally didn't get the job done, and we got to go back to Game 7 in Barclays. But anyway, so – um, I, I did want to mention this here though. Brooklyn was up by 49 at one point in Game Two, and they were down by 17 at the most in Barclays, and they came back and actually won that. So, give credit to the coaching of Steve Nash as well in that second half. So, Brooklyn, by the way, in the second half shot over 60%, held Milwaukee to only five threes on 513, and Jeff Green was 4-5 in the second half. So, um, anyway, so let's go ahead and end this out. But I swear I catch a felony
1: Oh Penelope Say you want
2: someone
1: Say you want someone Say you want someone Say you want someone, you want someone. I swear to God this girl be trippin' dog one day she blooded, then she it
2: well, it's definitely a mood right now because we all know one woman that always be tripping and stuff. But anyway, so that's all for keeping it 200. Keep the mixed personalities at 200. And make sure to stay six feet apart from assholes because we all know motherfuckers don't be um, wearing their masks and shit. But anyways, have a great night, guys. I'll see you guys tomorrow night. Peace. Right. Peace.